Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon, and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network with Shannon Davis. Mega Man Radio Network. Today is uh, December 31st, and uh, it's about 1 p.m. in the afternoon where I'm at. I am doing a test uh, broadcast right now to see if I can actually dial in via Skype. Now, I'm using a uh, Plantronics DSP400 uh, headset. It's got a little boom mic that comes out. And uh, I'm actually uh, call, I'm actually tied into the Blog Talk Network via Skype, which is kind of cool. Which means if it works, technically any place you've got an internet connection in the world, you can actually go Skype right into the uh, the virtual switchboard. Of course, I am logged into switchboard. We've got a chat launched right now, and uh, amazing. We're going to see what happens. Now, what I need to find out is, uh, for anybody listening out there, uh, how my voice is coming through. Can you hear me clearly enough that we can do a program, or am I kind of uh, garbled and warbly, which might indicate that uh, my Internet connection is suffering from some bandwidth issues? 
that's the first thing I need to test. Number two, what I want to do is I want to see if I can actually call a guest and uh, patch them in and we can carry on a conversation. Uh, for those of you who have been listening to the program that we do typically every night, 8 p.m. Eastern time, Monday through Sunday, uh, I'm remote right now and I'm just carrying a laptop with a headset. So I don't have the um, the benefit of you know using a, a landline with AT&T and we're certainly not running the uh, stereo stream right now. This is all 8-bit blog talk, but hey, if it's legible enough, then why not do a show, right? Okay, so what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to go to just a quick musical break, and then I'm going to try and get somebody on the phone. How about that? We'll see what happens. All right, and we're back. Uh, you're tuning into Mega Man Radio Network. I am on a remote feed. Today is uh, December 31st. I hope everyone is, uh had a great holiday, Christmas, Hanukkah, and are ready for the new year. You know, 2010 was a great year, but I think 2011 could be better. Um, and I'm not talking in terms of economic conditions. I'm just saying, you know, <clears throat> we uh, we didn't suffer a nuclear uh, holocaust this year, and, uh, you know, we've got a little bit more time. So praise God for, you know, his mercy and giving us more time to get prepared spiritually, get our spiritual house in order, um, you know, try to get our physical house in order, and um, more time to do work for the kingdom of God. You know, uh, if this whole thing were in up tomorrow and we had to stand before God, we would give an accounting for what we have done here with the time that we had. So I know for one, myself, uh, I haven't done enough for the Lord with my life. And so what I want to do is uh, I'm asking God for more time. I want to see souls saved brought into the kingdom. I want to see the uh, captive set free, delivered of evil spirits, see homes restored, families restored, marriages restored, um, people plucked out of the fire. That's what I want to see. I want to see people healed of infirmity. So, um, yeah, I'm praising God that uh, I've lived to see another year, and here we are sitting on the precipice of 2011. I mean, it's hard to believe. Another year. Wow. But uh, time is certainly uh, moving at a fast clip for me. How about you? Well, if uh, anybody's out there and listening, uh, give me a uh, sound check on the volume. Let me know if you can hear me legibly or if I'm coming through warbled. Uh, I'm just trusting God that uh, the connection is strong enough that we can do a program, and I won't have to uh, go on hiatus for a while. I am on the road taking care of some uh, personal business, but, uh, you know, I don't want to um, forsake the program because I believe God has called me uh, to do my part, and it's a small small piece of the overall puzzle. But, hey, we've got to do what we can, right? Not to mention, I consider all of you who tune in time after time as family, and so um, enjoy the fellowship we get to have when we do these programs. And uh, The plan right now is to do, a, uh, to do our next program Saturday night, Back on normal schedule, uh, School of Deliverance with Dr. Pat Holliday at 8 p.m. We're going to open up lines for prayer in the second and third hour. And if you need um, you need prayer, you need deliverance, got a you know special request, you've got a testimony, we're going to be opening up those lines. And then all I need to do is if this program goes well and the Internet holds, I'm going to go ahead and crank up the uh, schedule for next week, have some of our regulars back. Uh, we'll get Pastor John Kyle back. We'll get John Franklin, uh, John Gogan, James Mobley, uh, different men and women of God on the program. Pastor Michael Thier will be coming on soon. 
and uh, do some more spiritual warfare training. So, you know, praise God for this opportunity. So, yeah, uh, it's amazing what you can do with the Internet. Okay, well, so far so good. Now what I want to do is I'm going to try to bring on a uh, guest. Stand by. Ah, no answer yet. Well, Rich, welcome to yes. the Omega Man Radio. I've got you on the program live, my friend. How you doing? Thank you. God bless you, man. Did you have a good Christmas? Yes, Santa came into my house and punched me in the face. <laughs> and left in the coal in my stocking. He got you with the Santa Claus, didn't he? <laughs> I got Rudolph by his horns. <laughs> Pulverized him. How are you? Man, I'm doing okay. Um, well, you know, I'm connected via Skype to Blog Talk. How am I coming through? Can you hear me? It's coming in good, but we had some issues with that, so don't be too confident with it. Well, you know, that's true. They did have some technical difficulties, so... Uh, we tried it twice. So tell me something. Uh, what's going on in New York, man? Have you dug out of the snow yet? What's going on in New York? I uh, went to pick up some filet mignons. I'm relaxing. Eblet's out, getting the grill going. Uh, you mean you can see your grill? I mean, the, the pictures I saw of your deck, I mean, it was like three foot high of snow. Did you get all that shoveled off? Yeah, we shoveled half of it. Okay, well, praise God. So. What, what about Coop Coop? Did you locate him? Coop Coop, yeah. We located him a week ago. Okay, uh, good. You're gonna have to what's put going a on with you? And How are you doing over there? Well, you know what? I'm on the I'm on the road trip, as you know. I'm down south, real real far down south. And, uh, you know, um, it's, uh, it's a mission trip I'm on right now. Multiple mm. reasons and personal business. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping to uh, see some some major deliverance down here with uh, some people. And, um, hey, if I can do this program, it's a bonus. I really didn't think the Internet was going to be as fast as it was. Uh, but maybe that's because most people are on vacation, and so um, there's not as many people using the line right now as I thought there would be. Well, I a, think it's pretty good Internet down there. I remember when uh, Luz had on broadband, it was pretty good. You know, it just kind of depends. Uh, some places are very slow, other places a little bit faster. But uh, here's what I want to do. Uh, if you can hear me fine, that's because I dialed you in from the uh, the landline. You have your Skype up and running? Uh, you know what I like downstairs. to do? Is I just like to Skype you and see if I can patch you in. You got a moment? What do you mean, Skype me from Skype and then yeah. patch me in? Yeah, basically, yeah, I'll can... just uh, Skype you and see if... Uh, the people out there can hear you. You want to try that? That'll definitely work. We've done it already. Okay, that'd be cool. The question is, is I can hear you, but will everybody else be able to hear you on the other end? Yeah, we we, we do it every week, so it definitely works. Now here's it's the next just like a conference call. Yeah. Will the quality of a Skype to Skype be better than me um, calling you through the um, the switchboard? On yes. Itself? Yeah, it will. Okay, awesome. I think so. I think it would awesome. be better if you Skype somebody in instead of going to the switchboard because now you're going directly through Skype's bandwidth instead of using Blog Talk's radio's bandwidth. Interesting. It's just kind of flaky. You know, i got some people in the chat room right now. Uh, I see Paul out there. Shouts out to Paul and Joseph and Roberta. Uh, he says it sound, sounds better now than normal for some reason. That's interesting. <laughs> I'm a little bit surprised at that, but maybe just my uh, landline sucks, you know? No, you sound good. You sound clear. Well, let me ask you a question. So what are you doing for uh, the New Year's Day uh, program tomorrow night? 
I'm not speaking to a Mega Man. I'm speaking to Beetlejuice. Come out of him. <laughs> That's in there somewhere, man. Somebody. I found it in Win Worley's manual, so who would have known they would have made a movie about that so many years ago? Well, can I, tomorrow we're just going to start calling people randomly up and doing that and see what happens. Yeah, you might you might find a Beetlejuice out there in somebody. You never know. We might strike a chord, you know? That's true. Absolutely. Uh, so, so you're sounding pretty good. So um, who's your guest sounds for great. tonight? It really sounds great. Tomorrow night's going to be a kickoff. Uh, my, my old keyboard player is going to be on. He's got a new CD. Really? Uh, yeah, SR is his name from my band. When it, was he with, uh, was it Renegade or Cornerstone that you were with? Rene, well, yeah, he, he was in Cornerstone and now Renegade. Okay, Renegade and, is uh, uh, the name of the new band? Renegade for God. Hey, man, praise God, that's awesome. Got Zoe on. Cool. And uh, Stephen Hansen's going to be kicking off the new year with what he got prophetically from the Lord. Okay, that's He's the good. only prophet I trust anymore. And, well, um, man, we, need a, we need a good word. Well, did you read his part two? It's pretty pretty heavy stuff about Korea. No, I haven't. Uh, what's he predicting with Korea? Are they going to? Just some alliances are going to take place. Some heavy stuff. Uh, are they going to continue heavy, to heavy duty? Or are they going to actually fight over there? Uh, you know what? I'll have him. I only read it from my my phone when I was driving. I didn't get too detailed into it, but he did state that he um, got some heavy stuff. This is going to be a real. A real hardcore year as far as ministry goes. Really? And wars. There's going to be wars and earthquakes ramp up. What's coming here to America? Any insight on that? It looks like earthquakes. Uh-oh. Yeah. Or maybe you. Maybe you'll get hit one when over there. Maybe that's Man, what the dream was for. I sure hope not. I buy that. Well, sometimes hmm. it takes dreams a while to kick off. I mean, I remember when I had to sell the dreams two and a half years ago. And uh, I bought silver at nine dollars an ounce. I was going to sell it when I was at twelve, and then I had a dream. It went to thirty, and then it went to one hundred. And I had that dream uh, about two years ago when I was going to sell all my silver. So I didn't sell it. And now it really is thirty dollars an ounce. So I'm glad I didn't. But now the other part of that dream was it goes to a hundred. Wow. So silver is going to be going a hundred dollars an ounce. Man, I believe it too. In fact, it could go higher than that. If it did, wow. Look so how long it the dream to the past. Three years. got anything left, you may want to consider putting it into silver. If it actually goes up, you could probably double your money or triple it. Triple it. You know? Yeah. I remember when it was like uh, $12 an ounce. Um, then it's doubled, you know? Seemingly I bought it at 9 I bought a lot of money at $9. Wow. So... I've already made a lot of money off the silver, so yeah. Um, I we sold mine. I had someone. I need to pay some bills, so I dumped it. I had about five hundred rounds, and um, man, I wish I had been able to hang on to it. Maybe. Well, we're gonna ramp up. We need to get some money. Everybody gets their tax returns back in the next two months. We want your money because the Mega Man is going to Witch's Island with Carl Henderson and Kirk, and uh, we need the funding for the plane fares. Hey man, we so, want to go into uh, Witch's Island in the Philippines. Um, it's basically a place where you've got the largest <clears throat> population of witches, warlocks, sorcerers, probably of any place. 60,000 uh, witches. 60,000. Man, 60,000. Yeah. Good God. 60,000. Yeah, Sikakwa Island, it's called. 
There you go. Now, what's the difference between a warlock and a uh, sorcerer? Okay, a sorcerer generally deals with invocations of uh, through um, crystals, stones, um, and, and magic through elements. When uh, a warlock tends to use more blood invocations, uh, summoning up from the pit the 72 Goosia, the uh, demons of Alistair Crowley. Uh, so there's two different realms of magic. More One do, dealing more with the elements and one more dealing more with blood and invocations. So a so. sorcerer is basically, guys, a, a hitman that you pay. You give him a, a sum of money and he'll go cast a spell or put a curse on someone and kill them, uh, put a, a love potion on them. A warlock would you want a man, and yeah. um, very dangerous stuff. Of course, you, you dabble with magic, you're going to put a curse on you down to three and four generations. Some of us are under curses that our grandparents brought under us, That's right. just from something they dabbled with. So, I mean, you don't want to mess with this stuff. But um, the reason, why do you want to go into Witch's Island, Rich? Witch's Island, um, we predict that it's going to be a great outpouring there, kind of like a Mount Carmel experience, because. Nobody wants to go there and minister. I've talked to other ministers in the Philippines, and they're scared to go. So uh, the witches dominate and control the whole island. And um, there needs to be a liberation, kind of like, uh, you know, Normandy. You're going to pull up in a boat. Where they're actually going to be arriving there on a ferry uh, with the team. And we're going to set up the crusades there. So being that there's no ministering and no... Uh, real element of, of believers there, and the witches dominate the island, we predict great outpouring. Now, Rich, we got a uh, question from the chat room. It says, uh, Paul says, what's stronger, a warlock or a sorcerer? That depends on how much that sorcerer or warlock is yielded to the dark arts. It's just you like know, Christianity, but it's on the flip side. Look at it like a, uh, a mound of fire ants next to your mailbox. And you go out there and have to get your mail every day, and you step into that thing, you're going to get stung. So what do you do? You just tolerate it? No. You put gasoline on it and light it on fire. Or you you know, you know, go pour some, uh, <laughs> get a water hose and blow it all away. You know, Typically, warlocks would be more, typically, typically, warlocks would be more powerful because they tend to deal with blood more. So. Interesting. Well, yeah, you know, it says more not a witch to live. Blood, yeah. You know, we don't, we don't want to see anybody go to hell, so we ask God to have mercy on them, but we can't tolerate them because what they're doing is they're actually killing people out there. They're putting curses on them, bringing sickness. They How really are. If, if someone you knew had cancer that was sent to them by a, a sorcerer or a warlock, you're not going to feel too nice and great about it, will you? No. You know, Shumayel uh, was killed by uh, a spirit called Leviathan, the king of the children of pride, so I'm not too happy when I encounter Leviathan. That's why we like to cut his seven heads off. Every chance we get. Amen. So praise, praise God. So uh, that's good. If anybody wants to call in, 917-889-2745 is the number. 917-889-2745 if you need prayer. You want to make a comment? You want to wish uh, Rich Happy New Year? The line is through. So Rich, uh, what, do you, what do you see for Watchmen Ready this upcoming year? Our watch radio uh, looks like we're going to two hours until you take over the one hour, which I really don't want two hours. But uh, we secured some prime time WWCR airtime, which is on one of their most powerful transmitters, which reaches all the way up into Canada. 
Uh, you know, a lot of listeners down in Mexico. Uh, it's a very, very anointed transmitter. So we got that time booked, uh, which is available to you too, as you know. And um, what do I see for Watcher Radio? Hopefully, uh, this might be our last year. That's what I'm hoping for. You know, really, I want to move move out of radio and go back into having meetings like I used to do. I want to go back on the ground a little bit more. I spent too much time on radio, I believe. And uh, it's been blessed, but it's seven years now I've been doing live radio. And, um, you know, I think it's been a good ramp up, but I believe this probably will be our last year. Okay, now where where do you want to go uh, in terms of um, street ministry? You want to set up some deliverance crusades? What do you see yourself doing? Yeah, more like I, what I used to do. I used to go around the methadone clinics uh, and, and, and invite people to uh, crusades. Uh, ramp up with a bus, bring them all to a hall, then I would rent and then do deliverance and, and preach. Kind of more, you know, I guess I could still do the radio, but as you know, radio does take up a lot of your time too, so I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I definitely want to start doing deliverance crusades, which I was raised in through Press Jolly Holzhauser's church. You know, I like the excitement of a mass deliverance crusade. Well, amen to that. I really like it. Yeah. There's nothing like hands-on. I mean, uh, praise God for deliverance that's done over the airwaves. And um, if you could also get out there and be doing uh, some crusades someplace every month, man, that'd be awesome. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, as you know, there's no war ever won without ground troops. So the radio is kind of an airstrike. Uh, you know, there's only so much you can do from the air, you know. Amen. We might have a caller. Let's see if this is a caller. Caller, area code 347. You're on the uh, the air. How are you today? That's New York. Caller from 347 area code. You want to come on the air? Can you hear me? There you go. Yes. How are you? <laughs> Wasn't sure it was working. Well, hello there. Where are you calling from? You in New York? Nope. Okay. It's Roberta. Oh, Roberta. Well, hello. How are you today? <laughs> 347 is like a New York, New York number. Over the Internet phone thing. Oh. The trick does not on an actual phone. Are you on not like... It's a different Internet program. Okay. Is this Roberta, Roberta? Yeah, it is. Oh, you sound different. That's because I'm on a microphone, not the actual telephone. Well, you well, sound cool. you sound good, actually. Oh yeah. Well, so you get ready for New Year's Eve? How are you doing today? Oh, doing pretty good. Wish Happy New Year's to both of you guys. Likewise, don't have too happy of a year unless you have too much money and are too happy and forget everybody. Yeah, <laughs> right. Have, a, have an adequate year. <laughs> oh boy, you know. Probably if we all won the lotto, we might flip out, right? <laughs> well, every day above ground is a good day. <laughs> That's true. Unless you get uh, cremated. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's a no-no. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably to the stake. I don't know what might happen down the road. But uh, praise and God, Robert. You sound great. Yes. Yeah, i always been wondering, though, about that cremation, though, because my mom and dad, they actually have two cremated people in their house. Really? That's demonic, if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta get rid of it. 
they have my grandmother and my brother that died in 2006. Yeah, just steal them. Steal the urns and run out of the house. Send them to a Mega Man and I'll dissipate them. (laughs) (laughs) I always said, you know, when I would just like someone to drop me into the ocean. Up in Alaska, they'll say, you know, we'll put cloths if you want to. (laughs) I think there's a soul tie attachment to it, really. Say to, that uh, again, sorry? To ashes? Yeah, I think having them in your house could create a soul tie and a familiar spirit, too. Yeah. Really? Hmm. Yeah. I didn't think about that. You're probably right. Yeah. Devil will use that. That's why demons always hovering around at graveyards. They know that people entertain uh, 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 narrowmancing when they're at the, at the tombs, and they yeah. use that as an advantage to jump into people. You, know, you are you are right. I wouldn't even um, keep a, keep an urn in my house for five seconds. You're right. Yeah, when people go to a cemetery, you see them talking to the stone. The stone. They're talking to the dead people, right? Normally, after yeah. they do that, weird things start happening in their houses because they just entertain their necromancy, right? Necromancy. They open the door. The demon got ground. That's why they, people take pictures at cemeteries. All types of orbs flying around. That is a, is a gold mine for entry points for demons because they represent death, number one. Number two, they're of the dust, you know, the dust they eat, you know, the dust of man. That's, that's where man becomes dust, goes back to the earth. And they hover in these cemeteries, and that's where they wait to enter into people a lot of times. Usually when someone's in a cemetery, they're in a tra- traumatic state. Uh, if it's a, someone recently passed on, not that long ago, they're in a traumatic mindset, and they tend to speak to the dead. And they open the door to, to uh, uh, the occult, and they don't even realize it. Yeah, because I know Dangerous. my mom did that. Once my brother passed, He, she talked to him a few times, you know? Yeah, well, she wasn't talking to him, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. The yeah, spirits, they call familiar spirits, they mimic the person. Right. Even they can mimic the uh, the sound of their voice. I mean, they've, they've been in people until the time they died, so they can do a pretty good impersonation. Uh, you know, look at what happened with um, King Saul when he went to the Witch of Endor. Yes, that's, that's exactly spirit. it. Right. That was not Samuel, by the way. No. No. But it was a good enough that impersonation a to have fooled them. And so, you know, that's really a good point. If you've got an urn... Um, I'm not the judge, but I would probably say, you know, if you've got the urn and you look at it and you talk to it, I mean, that's um, probably bordering on necromancy. So, you know, um, like Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. There right. has to be more. You know, they're yes. in eternity. And so if, if they knew Christ, you're going to see him one day. So, you know, they're in a lot better place than you and I right now. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. No more pain and no more hell. torment. So. Yeah. We don't have to cry for them, and um, you know, again, if they're believing we are too, we'll get to see them one day. So just hang on to that hope, you know. It happened to me with my dad when my dad died. Uh, he was the demon of familiar spirit was appearing to like three of my family members. So I had to go into prayer and find the familiar spirit that was acting like he was my dad. Wow. And uh, yeah, he was trying to get them to like. Then it, you know what happened? This is what happened. This is how cr- clever. 
the devil is. Uh, the person, my aunt that it happened to, was going to get a Ouija board to go talk to him. Can you believe it? Oh, wow. You see how, we, see how the devil operates? Wow. Yeah. So then the hole gets bigger. There's a bigger opening for the occult. There's a bigger entry point. This is all, rare. This is all from cemeteries. You can just go to a cemetery and start talking to the gravestone. You are now talking to the dead. Okay, when you talk to the dead, the dead talk back, but it's not the dead, it's a demon. And that demon has a right to you once you entertain that conversation with the dead. Very dangerous. Now, Rich, we've got a so, question from the uh, the chat room. It says, um, so I have my mom's ashes in the house, uh, but I don't talk to it or anything. Could this still be attracting uh, spirits? I think so. My personal opinion is that... Um, the ashes should be dis- dispersed, in my opinion. And, um, you know, there's no reason to be keeping dead fragments of our loved ones around us. It's just unscriptural. Yeah, I would probably have to, I would probably have to concur there. Uh, I would say just go ahead and scatter them out. The only account we have of that is when Joseph was prophesying because he knew that Abraham's word would come to pass. He said, look, when you do come out of Egypt, make sure you bring my bones and get them the hell out of here. You know what I mean? And they yeah. dug them up, and they brought them, but they buried them somewhere else. He didn't want to be left in a, in a cursed city. Well, amen to that. So, uh, basically, it was just a carrier until they could transport them and rebury them, right? Right. He knew. He, he knew by faith that they were going to be released in a certain time span. And... Um, he said, look, when that release does take place, make a note to take me out of here. And they, they did. The children of Israel, Moses, they, they brought uh, Joseph's bones. They got him out of there. So um, there is a, a lot of scripture to justify, you know, uh, a tomb for, for that person, like Abraham had a tomb, um, you know, a place of remembrance of that person. But again, that's why Moses' body was never found, because God knew that they would turn Moses into idolatry. You know, his, his tomb would have become a, a, a place of, uh, of, of neuromancing. You know, there would have been an entertaining of, uh, like they did with the, the serpent on the stick, like they did with the golden calf, on and on. They, they, they tended to, to uh, turn everything into idolatry. That's why the devil argued over the corpse, because they, they wanted the devil knew that that would become a stumbling block. So the dead can become a stumbling block in a lot of ways. Oh yeah. But of course, that was not Moses anymore. Moses was already with the Lord in a spiritual body. Well, you know, um, the occultists seem to see power in it. I mean, look at Marilyn Manson. He um, bones of a child. You know, he has several skeletons. You know, look at a lot of these rock stars. You know, they have all these uh, skulls of animals. What, the, the lead guitarist for Metallica, the guy with the long black curly hair? You know, he's got a lot of Oh, that's right. He's got a large collection of skulls. Yeah. So, you know, they use them to monitor. We've got demons that, that look like skulls. I mean, they, uh, in the people's eyes, you can see a skull. Oh, my goodness. And yeah, Evel had them when we. She has pictures of skulls in her eyes. I can post them for you on Facebook if you want to see them. When I first met her, she had skulls in her eyes. Spirit of death was in there, and um, cast that out. They 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 left her eyes. 
but it's like Dan Aykroyd's promoting his new vodka with that crystal skull, and everybody's collecting them, putting them on their walls now. Oh yeah, it's pretty demonic. You know that guy is into um, spiritualism and uh, UFOs. He's like a couple generational. Uh, he's a, his father, grandfather. I think they all were into you know chasing UFOs. I didn't know he was into yes. the paranormal. Heavy, heavy into the occult. And uh, it's interesting that he has a, has a crystal skull that he's promoting. Amazing. And everybody is, that drinks him is saving these skulls and putting them up on the walls. Uh, you know, there's a lot of demonic activity around skulls. Now, what is that, vodka that he's selling, or is it that... Uh, it's, it's a pre- his, primo, uh, yeah, his vodka. Okay. What's the other drink that uh, they actually drop a sugar cube in there and you see the Green Fairy? Okay, Marilyn Manson had a company that was supporting that for a while because he used to write a lot of songs tripping out on that. It's called Aspen. Okay. And uh, it, it drives you nuts. In fact, um, a, a guy and a, and a girl on their honeymoon about three years ago, I forgot the name, and uh, she started drinking it went and went nuts. Uh, he went crazy, and everybody threw him overboard, and they could never found his body. Okay. They were drinking Aspen that they got from Greece. And um, they call it the drink of the green fairy. It's very bitter. It means wormwood, actually. It's got actually got wormwood in it, I hear. And uh, yeah, actually, very bad for the liver. It's so toxic that uh, it actually um, it it actually pierces the veil, and you start to see the demons. Yes. It's called the drink of the green fairy. Many people, as they drink it, they would see a green fairy, uh, also a succubus type demon, and they, they might have sex with it. Amazing. Yeah. You know, I heard it was so uh, it was so dangerous that it's actually been outlawed in certain countries. That's because of the damage it does to the liver. Wow. The, the wormwood destroys the liver if it's used too much. They sell a fake asthmus in, in, in America, but it doesn't contain that, that wormwood. You know, speaking of wormwood, um, there's a parasite cleanse, which you use a thing called wormwood combination. Yeah. Cloves, cloves kills the eggs of parasites, and then you use wormwood and use a thing called uh, black walnut, black walnut uh, hole tincture. These three herbs and um, together, what they'll do is they'll kill um, like... Uh, Fluke worms and uh, eggs and larvae that get into your body from eating, you know, food and through just wow. human contact. Yeah. But I guess it's a small enough amount of wormwood that it'll do the job of killing the worms, but it doesn't kill you. Hmm, interesting. Oh, yeah. I used to uh, use some of that stuff. It was a lady named Holda Clark, which came up with this parasite cleanse. And, you know, I just take it every once in a while as a preventative. Well, if you look at all the things we eat, you know, the meats... Undercooked meats, chicken, fish, steak, whatever you're eating out there. You know, if you're eating pork and you're eating shellfish, you're definitely going to have parasites. Uh, you know, we know a lady who was eating lettuce over in Costa Rica and got uh, worms. So uh, every once in a while, you do. It happened in Senegal in Costa Rica. It happened in Senegal. Really? When he was over there, yeah, he got sick. Picked up a worm, huh? He picked up a, a tapeworm or something. Yeah, those things will grow inside of you, you know? So, uh, eating eating blood is a major issue. I was just studying uh, a couple of days ago, and one of the commands to Noah, which I, I never knew this, was that God's one of his first you know commands was no eating of blood. 
So when they got off the ark, that was right away. No, no eating any of the blood. So that that command has gone all the way through history, and people that are that are eating this uh, Puerto Rican blood pudding, oh yeah, and eating eating all this blood over in these other countries, and they do it here too. Me and Eblett went to the Manila kitchen over here, and they're selling it by the gallons of this blood. And people eat it. I don't understand that the spirit of the animals, these demons, go into your body. And when I prayed for Maria last year, petitioned the Holy Ghost to go into her body to breathe into her lungs because he's a breath, and to go into her bloodstream and to thwart the power of any spirit of swine in her body. And she began to sweat out and uh, had a coating of lard on her body that her mother saw. We have this is all documented. Good God! And uh, it smelled like like a, a, like going into a butcher shop. The pork smell. So yeah. her whole body, all this lard came out of her body. Oh man! It was like Crisco. <laughs> yeah, she'll testify of it right now. I mean, it was disgusting. But um, uh, it goes to show man. you. Well, yeah. Not to mention, uh, we had to deal with um, casting out a demon of swine from a uh, person that would go. I could that happened twice in the morning. Twice so far. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Roberto, yeah, you had a question demon. for Rich? Actually, I did. Back to about having the urns in the house, right? Yeah. So you have, like, a teenager in that house that's very susceptible to stuff because of his own open doors and whatnot. Yeah. Can those people start mimicking the behaviors in the teenager of the person, of the shelf person they have on the shelf? What do you mean, thinking of attributes of, of, of like, the characteristics of the dead person? Generational? Right. Yeah. I, I believe that there's still native spirits hang around dead things. Uh, I read a book years ago where somebody had this deep revelation uh, of familiar spirits. And in it, they were shown a layer of, of, of hell where these familiar spirits were getting ready. The second someone died... They had permission to go up and um, mimic that person that just died. And this personally, this happened to me when my dad committed suicide. Uh, you know, he was taken out by the devil, unfortunately. And after that event, he was appearing to my mother and everybody all over the place. And I knew it was a demon. We bound it. In Jesus' name, and it stopped. And it stopped. But these demons have a right, for some reason, to mimic. It's it's a, it's a gold mine for demons for injury. Remember, demons are always looking for an active entry point. Their mm-hmm. goal in life is to get into a body because they don't have any rest until they can get into a body. And they need an opening. And without an opening, if generational issues have already been passed on, and, and demons have already been resting and, and roosting in someone's body. There's other demons that are looking for homes because other people die, and then demons now have gone rogue and are looking for a new host. So, uh, speaking to the dead, any form of uh, necromancing is a big open to demons. So, oh, yeah. Ouija boards, any of that. Yeah, they just go right down the family line. So, if, um, you know, your parent had one and they died... They're going to try to jump down and get inside of you or someone else right. in that family. Now, Absolutely. it's a really wicked spirit, and it had an attribute, like it's a homosexual or it was into alcohol or, you know, whatever it is. 
Um, hey, I'll just tell you this straight up. Well, we had a um, my grandfather had one brother, and his brother was a nurse. And I remember this guy. His name was Eugene, and uh, he was a very big, robust guy. And he lived with his mother, which would have been my great grandmother. Okay. Well, they found him dead in a hotel, uh, in a bondage outfit. And we didn't oh, know God. this, but he turned out to be a flamer. He was a homo. Uh, a homo spirit, sexual spirit, jumped off of him onto one of my cousins. And, uh, you know, I grew up with a cousin. He was, you know, he was younger than me, but a normal guy. And then all of a sudden he went gay. Yeah. And I believe what happened is the homosexual spirit jumped off of that great uncle, went down the family line, jumped into my cousin. And, of course, he's come to Christ. And I had a conversation with him recently. I said, uh, you need to be delivered because there was a generational curse that came down. Right. Now, he was hit by that. And if you look at his face, I can still see the manifestation of the homosexual demon. It contours the DNA in the body, yeah. Which shows me that he hasn't been set free yet. And I believe God can restore a person, but you can see it looking into their, yeah. their face and their eyes. It's well, even if they are set free, that, that, that he needs healing now. Because what happens is the demon shatters part of that person's soul right, and uh, fragments it. And it contours their, some of their... Uh, if, they, if, it, if a person does get delivered of a homo demon, which I've seen, yeah. um, they, they, their voice will begin to change back to a masculine voice. But you'll see some of the traits of homosexuality like with the hand and stuff like that still going on, and the cheekbone thing, when they get uh, the contoured cheekbones. Let me give you uh, a famous example. Uh, Ted Haggard, you know, the Colorado church, right? Well, yeah, he's, not, he's completely he's, infested right now. He's infested now. He, he claims that he got some counseling, but counseling's not going to get you delivered, folks. If you've got a foul spirit, it's got to be ejected, cast out in the name of Jesus Christ. There's got to be healing right. that goes forth. Right. Now, if you look at his face, when I saw him about six months ago on Larry King, full-on manifested. You could see the, the glare in his eye, the sparkle. You could tell the guy still is manifested. Now, he may be trying to keep it starved out and keep it at bay, but I'm going to tell you something. You can only do that for so long, and then those demons will activate. You've got to have them rooted and cast out in Jesus' name. There's also real estate that you, you don't want them occupying. Absolutely. You so know, The more kingdom of heaven in you, the better, and... That's a pretty big uh, uh, client in there to be occupying real estate. The homo demon needs to be expelled. You can only thwart, negate, and suppress them to read the word of fasting and prayer and worship music. You need to get them out of the real estate next. The homo demon, of course, yeah. About Ted was a lot of people didn't know his heritage, and his father, one of the great deliverance pioneers, Dr. J.M. Haggard, which was a great friend of Wynn Worley. And, uh, you know, yes. he wrote much of the content in the Host of Hell series that Wynn Worley put out, you know, they exchanged notes. So, you know, Satan couldn't get Dr. Haggard. Now, he did He did die early. He died at about 57, I heard. In fact, Charlie Holtzhauser was one of the last men to see him. And he did a crusade for Charlie, or was preaching there with him, and then he got on a plane and apparently went to reach for the air-conditioned switch in the, in the, uh, the seat of the airplane and slumped down and had a heart attack. Well, Satan couldn't take out him because he, you know, he, he fought until the day he died, spreading the word about deliverance. But he got his son, Ted Haggard, and uh, you know that's happened with a lot of the deliverance ministers out there. If they can't get you, they'll go after your kids. Big time. That's what Satan yeah. tries to do, and so uh, we've seen it time after time. And uh, you know, not only deliverance ministers, but you know, just pastors in general. You know, I, I was raised in a church home, and my both my grandfathers were ministers. 
uh, ordained minister of Church of God, and they couldn't get my grandmother and grandfather. They got my uh, my my uncles and aunts, you see. And most of them are not living for the Lord today. And so, you know, I believe God can have mercy. He, he can bring people back. But I just want to tell you, it's a, it's a battleground out there. And that's how these things happen generationally. Uh, it's a posterity, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you in my own right. life. Uh, God spoke to me one night in Panama, and I had a dream. And he said, you and your brother have a generational curse you need to break. And I woke up and didn't remember it. And I opened the Word of God that fell open. All of a sudden, I remembered my dream. And I remember hearing the voice, you and your brother have a generational curse you need to break. So what did I do? Uh, I sought the Lord about it, and my brother and I, we went through a Derek Prince warfare here and broke it. And what had come down my family line was a spirit of adultery. And uh, unfortunately, I succumbed to it. Um, and I had to repent of that. This is prior to knowing you know, about the generational curse. But i tell you one thing I did is I said, it's not going any further, so we broke it. And this is a curse that if I went back and looked, my father committed adultery, my grandfather did, my great-grandfather, and uh, I have no idea how far it went up the family line, but these are generational familiar spirits that have a particular character trait, and they'll come down. It could be adultery, it could be homosexuality, it could be alcoholism, it could be a heart attack or a diabetes spirit. You know, it could be anything. You know, probably any function that a demon can have a part in you could have a familiar spirit associated with that. So that's why it's very important to uh, examine your family line and uh, break the generational curses before it takes you out. Amen. Ticking time bomb. Uh, of course, the, the Haggards had that eternal security doctrine, which I believe is the biggest gateway for homo demons in my experience. Well, now, you know, uh, did, did Ted Haggard believe in that? I, I think so. The only one that was rogue to that whole teaching was uh, Parrish, and he's still alive. Norman Parrish, that's right. Yeah. Well, you got to you got to examine your doctrines and see if they're in the Word of God, because if it's not, it can open up a, a doorway. Um, I personally believe that uh, yes, you can you can be saved and you can keep salvation, but if you want to get off into sin, you could also backslide too, and you can lose. You know, God's not going to turn you into a robot, so just because you get saved doesn't mean that you can go out now and sin. If you sin and you do it willfully, you know, uh, here's what's going to happen. You don't repent. You can end up busting hell wide open. Um, right. So it doesn't give us a carte blanche to go out and commit sin anymore just because we've accepted Christ. No. We're held to a higher standard. We should then work to stay clean. Now, everybody sins. But you can repent and ask the Lord to forgive you. But I'm talking about willful sin and saying, you know what, I, I said the sinner's prayer. Now I'm going to go out and do what I was doing before. Don't fool yourself. You'll bust hell wide open. And so, um, you know, again, you have the ability to stay stay blood washed and uh, stay on the, the track. But, uh, you know, God's never going to circumvent your, your personal will, your free will, and turn you into a, into a robot. You've always got that free choice. So if you want yeah. to choose to sin, you know, and you want to, you, you got saved, and then you go out and commit adultery, as a pastor, get into pornography, it's going to take you down. But, you know, right. people will say, is they'll say, well, he wasn't saved to begin with. Well, no. You know, that's a cop-out. Sure he was saved. But it's just like the person that says, uh, well, if you've got a demon, then you weren't a Christian to begin with because a Christian can't have a demon. Well, we know that's hogwash. Same way with the eternal salvation. If you willfully sin... 
you know, you can backslide and bust tail wide open. I know many people. Look at what happened to Jimmy Swaggart. You know, now, I believe that, uh, I hope that he repented and he's come back to the Lord, but, you know, anybody is capable of a fall. In fact, uh, you're probably more of a primary target to be attacked when you're doing the work of the Lord than if you're sitting doing nothing. Because Satan doesn't, you know, doesn't want to see people succeed for Christ, so he'll lay traps out there. You know, how many stories have we heard of someone who was doing great revivals and then fell into temptation? Or, you know, they got corrupted with money. I mean, these are real dangers out there, and we've got to stay on guard and stay blood-watched. And if we sin, we've got to be quick to repent. Because, you know, then the curses start coming on us. And, uh, you know, one thing David did is he screwed up big time, but at least he uh, he was quick to repent. Right. But it wasn't without its uh, consequences. You know, it said the sword of the Lord will never depart from your family. Look at all the tragedy that he had to endure. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of consequences. Well, how am I coming through? Is the connection still holding up? Pretty good. It's also interesting to, to understand that that was eight generations exactly back on his bloodline that Judah wind up uh, fornicating with his daughter-in-law. Really? So that curse of lust was instituted. Sure. Uh-oh. Judah was, uh, you know, looking for harlots, lost his signature and his staff, but, um, you know, a lot of people believe that was generational curse of lust manifesting. Well, sure they were. The curses were in effect back then. And, uh, you know, I look at that. We know that um, they were doing some deliverances back then, but probably wasn't that widespread. Just think about all the ripe territory that the demons had to attack people. And, you know, they didn't have the keys of the kingdom that we have today. No, they, they used to use the book of Psalms. Well, absolutely. They would blow the shofar and things like that, as uh, Schnebelum said. But you know, uh, we live. In- I never heard of that, but they, they definitely used the Psalms because uh, David's anointing of deliverance was on there in his ministry. The Psalms are actually songs, and um, they knew that by the, the only account of deliverance they ever saw was with David's harp. That's right. That's right. So, and it, it would uh, it would send the you know the demons uh, at bay or lull them into you know kind of. Being docile, I guess, for a period of time. I don't know if they the anointing's still on the psalms. You could you could still use psalms in deliverance. I, I use them all the time. You use them all the time. Do you sing the songs? I don't sing them. I just quote the verse: "Let their eyes be darkened that they might not see." You know, uh, let seven full recompense return unto them that hate thee. You know, on and on. I think you should get your electric guitar out and uh, play a chord and sing the psalms. That'd be a pretty good show. Yeah, well, I just I just got an email from my old keyboard player. He's going to be on Watch Radio tomorrow night. Uh, his new CD is out. Of course, it's not as good as if I was on it, but it should be very well, interesting. Now, uh, for those of you just tuning in, this is a live broadcast of Mega Man Radio. I've got Rich Keltner, Watchman Radio, on. Uh, Rich, the uh, we see we, I see Bridget out there in France. Hello, Bridget. Marcus in uh, England. Uh, our friends here in the U.S. We've, we've got the chat room. Got about nine people in there. Hello, Can everybody. Can she send us some French fries? <laughs> the, the real I'm, ones that we want. I'm still waiting for that white Swiss chocolate that she enjoys every day with croissants and cappuccino. Nice. <laughs> uh, at any rate, uh, so what are you planning to do yeah. tonight for New Year's Eve, Rich? Uh, me and Eblett are just going to have a quiet time because, um, you know, we just get, we picked up some stuff, filet mignon, speaking of French. And um, 
she's just out there getting the grill on the on the deck ready. Later on, we're going to cook and just hang out, really. And then we're going to have a prayer meeting. Um, me, Natalie, Sammy, Maria, later on, or whoever wants to be involved in that. Or maybe you want to, we should just open up a prayer network or something later. To kick off the new year, we're just, you know, ask, petitioning the Lord. Well, praise God. You know? we, we do need, uh, we need a good year. I know some things I don't want to repeat. Uh, so, Well, Stephen you know Hansen's word is, you know, listen, Stephen Hansen is one of the only prophets I actually trust. Since I became a Christian, I've been following him, and he's predicted so many things accurately um, that it's hard to find these days, as you know. Um, so he's going to be on Watch Radio tomorrow also, talking about what the Lord has showed him for next year, which is kind of twofold, which is a great ramp up in ministries and finances coming to ministries, which I like. And God says, I will supernaturally provide, not through your secular job. So something else is going to be happening. And he had uh, another part of the word about Korea and China, some type of ramp up with that, with the war, and also uh, something about uh, some massive earthquakes coming. So it really? should be a pretty interesting year. Yeah. Wow. Massive earthquakes. Now, what time is it yeah. up here in New York area, Rich? What's that, Mega? What is your local time up there? It's one fifty-eight p.m. Okay. Um, so do you usually uh, turn on the uh, the TV and you watch the? Uh, well, it used to be. Uh, uh, who was with American Bandstand? I can't remember his name. Dick Clark. Dick Clark. He turned it over to Ryan Seacrest, didn't he? Well, I used to go to Times Square a lot. It's just pretty hectic out there. Um, we well, actually used to go there and minister our tracks all the time. Really? Yeah, we did that for a couple of years. Me, Foss, uh, Iron Mike, and a couple other guys. Amazing. What's going yeah. on with Iron Mike? Is he um, is he still on his honeymoon? Iron Mike got married eight years ago and basically left ministry. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, it's time, for, it's time for a wake-up call. So you've overslept your honeymoon for about, about seven years. You get one year off if you get newly married, you know? You get you get one one year off from the battle lines, but then you got to come back. So you would think so, but not him. <laughs> uh, that would have been interesting. God. You could have a reunion show. Bring him back. Iron Mike, yeah, yeah. I I don't know if he's salvageable at this point, but I would I got to keep him in prayer. You know. Amen. He might have some rust on that iron. We just have to get the sander out. Well, he went from iron nuke to to, to to the plastic nuke, you know. Oh. We changed his name. He, he lost his what iron you, status, now he's plastic. Right. What are you doing tonight, Omega <laughs> Man? Man, I don't know. Uh, I don't even know what time it is down here. Um, no show planned for tonight, but uh, I did want to test, and hey, everything's holding up so far so good. You know, praise God for that. You're getting a little garbling. Yeah. I don't do a lot of celebration. Um I'm kind of a homebody, but um, who knows? I kind of take hey, sweet, sweet tea and lemon down there. You got sweet tea and lemon going on? Uh, no, no. I have had some. Um, I've had some, some Omega Man juice, which is a uh, little bit of carrot with orange. Um, I'm lacking avocado before I can reinstate the Omega Man salad. Now, have you ever had, have you ever had an, an authentic Omega Man salad? No. What about Roberta? Okay, for people, uh, Roberta, she uh, she's back on the in the chat room. She dropped off. 
By the way, oh. if you want uh, if you want to say hello to Rich, uh, the number is nine one seven eight eight nine two seven four five. Maybe you need prayer. Maybe you need deliverance. We got the lines open. Toll free eight seven seven eight zero six two four eight two. So in a Mega Man salad, for those of you who have not been initiated yet, you take uh, avocado, you take some cucumber, you take some onion, okay, you take tomato and you dice it all up into little chunks. You can put a little bit of lettuce in there if you want, or spinach if you like that. Not much, though. And then you put lemon juice over the top. Now, if you live in the um, in the deep south where you can get a Vidalia onion, you know, kind of the sweet onions, I prefer those. Uh, and that is called the Omega Man salad. Now, that would be your side dish along with your main entree of either chicken, steak, or fish. No pork allowed. And that is the Omega Man diet right there. No pork. <laughs> Gross. Now, I, I prefer actually lamb chops when I can get them. You know, if you ever if you go to Publix in the USA, you can go down to the frozen section, and you can buy an Australian lamb chop. They're about, you get two big old lamb chops for about $4, sometimes less. And if you like pork chops but don't want to eat the pork, lamb chop, you'll never know the difference. But lamb is actually good for you. They call it mutton over in India. I think I think uh, Bridget said she's back in uh, in India. So Bridget, you have to go over there and get some mutton. Is she's in call? India. Yeah, she's back in India. Oh, there's massive amounts of demons over there. Very oh, yeah, careful. Stay covered in the blood. Of course, uh, Marcus is uh, tuning in from um, from England. You know, I'm still waiting for the fish and chips. He never sent me a picture. He's like a fish and chips hog. Eats them all to himself and doesn't send us any of them. <laughs> but hey, you're not much better. I'm waiting, for, I'm waiting for the New York pizza you told me you're going to send me. Come on, man! You got to come out to here like oh so dead and stay here a week. <laughs> Where is Crumpet Boy anyway? I don't know. We haven't talked to him in a few days. Uh, Rich, by the way, he has got himself a house, and so we call it the uh, New York Mission. For any of you evangelists yeah. out there that want to have a place to stay, Rich will put you up and stay for a month at a time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Except Zoe. If you bet with him, he won't, he won't leave. He won't leave. deposit. Yeah, Zoe's not allowed. <laughs> no way. No Zoe's. So. Uh, I think Zoe, he's going to the Super Bowl. Is he? Yeah, I think he, he you see, he was going to New York and got snowed out, or going to Georgia. Now he's, uh, I think he's stuck in Dallas still. But uh, he'll be going up to the Super Bowl. Now, when's that thing kick off? I'm not a football fan, but when does it start? I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a football fan either. Growing up, did, you, did your dad watch a lot of football? Uh, yeah, he actually was into football. Really? Oh. Yeah. Well, I thought then you would have inherited that uh, love for sports. My, my dad, on the other hand, was not. He only loved movies, so that's why I went to a lot of movies, you know? Yeah, I like movies, and uh, I like ice hockey, because I consider ice hockey more of like a... Uh, I don't know, more fast-paced sport. Right. Uh, I, I played ice hockey for about eight years, too. So. Oh, you did? Really? Yeah. Oh, so that means you can skate pretty well. Uh, I used to skate pretty well. <laughs> I've skated in the barrier about seven years. Now, let me ask you, speaking of skating, do uh, you ever go roller skating? I used to roller skate all the time. I used to live by a roller rink you throughout the, the 70s. And, yeah. Remember the old 70s? It was like uh, going to a bowling alley. They'd have the, the music... And then you could skate yeah. into the area where they had the arcade machines and get some, get a pizza. 
had a lot of fun skating, actually. Good things, man. Yeah. And that's actually, that's a, that's a clean sport there. Now, do those things still exist anywhere? No, they really don't. It was, it was fun up to the point that you wiped out in front of a girl that you, you liked. Then you looked like a, you know, you didn't look so good. <laughs> Which did happen to me, by the way. Well, but, man, I uh, all the time. I should have had knee pads. I'd come out of there with bruises every time. I used to try skating backwards to uh, impress everybody. I wound up getting hurt. Someone is trying to date us out there. Ephesians 611 says, uh, y'all must have worn feathered hair back then. Now, Yes, I did, I did have feathered hair back then. Uh, actually, Rich yeah. kind of looked like Steve Vai. He had the long, black, curly locks. And actually, I think you look good then. You should probably need to go back to that style. Um, of course, when I got in there, we were we were doing the spike thing. You know, you get the moose and spike your hair. And it worked. No, I never, I never really short. spiked my hair. You know what I mean? This is like back around, yeah. I'd say, 80, 83. So uh, what happened is I got into this old habit, you know, a hairstyle spiking the hair every morning. And I went to church one day, and I forgot I hadn't had a haircut in a long time, and my hair was like two foot tall. I looked in the mirror, and I noticed it for the first time. <laughs> um, Anything is better than that mo cut you had back uh, a couple months oh, ago. Man. Listen, I'm trying to tell you, man, they cut my hair just like Mo. Uh, I could, listen, after four tries, I finally found a lady who could cut my hair. Was a I think you should grow your hair long and put it in a, in a ponytail is what I would do. You mean Steven Seagal style? Yeah. I used to wear my hair like that. Back around That's 80, what I would 80, do about you. Uh, wait a minute, it's been a little bit later than that, maybe 89, 90. That was back when uh, Seagal was doing all the good movies. Yeah, good. Yeah, I had the ponytail going on. That was called the uh, the cigar look, or you know, the the power cut, right? You you ever do that one? Just look it straight back, like uh, Gordon Gecko. Yeah, yeah, I used to wear it like that too, with a lot of gel. But <laughs> you should just grow your hair out long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it would look okay if I was uh, six foot tall. Now, what I used to do, even recently, up to about a year ago. Once in a while, I would grab my mom's wig. Now, my mom, you know, she wears wigs. She's got real short hair. So she had one of these that looked like a Paul Stanley uh, from Kiss. It had this big old black wig, curly hair. Yeah. And one time I went into a restaurant like that. So I go into this restaurant, and I had this uh, Army flight jacket on, and I was wearing jeans and uh, wingtip shoes. Already a strange combination. But now I got this big flowing lock of hair that came down about halfway down my back. You know, I'm only about five six, so I went in there, man. And then, you know, I'm I'm in redneck country at the time. I went into like a red lobster down in Atlanta, and I go in there, and all of a sudden I hear all these nasty comments. Look at that old fag. Look at that old hippie. <laughs> so I sit down at the uh, the table, and uh, I've got a brother. At that time, Cameron, he's about eight nine years old. And he's sitting across the table from me, and he looks at me, and, you know, he was smiling the whole time, and I said, something's up here. But before I could react, he reaches his hands and grabs and grabs my wig and plucked it right off. Oh, man. Right in public, man. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I look like uh, Boy George having his, having his uh, wig ripped off. Uh, at any rate, well, I used to like taking this wig, and I would go into big malls. I even did this about a year ago. I got this wig just for the kicks, right? 
and I'd put it on. It was it was one of the most um, belligerent wigs that you could get. And I just walked through the mall and just to see what kind of comments would, you know, I would get or what kind of stares. It's pretty amazing. I don't believe you. <laughs> as God is my witness. I can't see you wearing a wig. Dude, I really did. Big old black wig, man. It went down half my waist. Curly hair. <laughs> I got to see this. Yeah, you can be a rock star for a day. Oh, man. Well, I used to have pretty long hair. Yeah, you did, actually. That was pretty good. That picture you've got up there on the Facebook page. That, that looked Yeah, it was a lot longer than that, actually. It kind of looked like an um, Richard Gere from King David, the movie. Yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> long time ago. Oh, man. <laughs> but it's all, it's all good. It's all good. So can, listen, you get, can you get Zoe on the line? Can you get Zoe on? Let's see, Zoe. Zoe, Zoe. Uh, you know, I changed his name. His name is now Zim. Oh, yeah, he says his name is Zemi. Let's see if we can get Zimmy on the line. Stand by. I'm going to try to conference Zimmy. Let's see here. Conference. Okay. Okay, I'm going back to my cell phone now. Get his phone number. You want his number? Uh, I got it right here. Okay. Stand by, folks. Well, hang on. Okay, we're dialing. Can you still hear me? I hear you. This is live radio. You never know what you might get. That's right. That background noise is rich. He's he's doing three things at one time. He's watching TV, email, and he's on the show. What background noise? I'm not available, so I'll get back to you as soon as I get your message. You want to leave a message? At the tone, please record your message. You leave a message. He's mad at me because he wants his table saw back. For more options, to leave a callback number, press 5. Yo, Zoe, you missed history. We're doing a live program, and we're, we've got Christian Dating Line open. Uh, we we were looking for an eligible bachelor, and we wanted to find a Christian godly woman for you. We were going to take yes. uh, ladies on the phone and let you ask them questions, and the one that wins, you would win a free date sponsored by Watchman Radio. <laughs> yes, you missed out. Sorry about that. <laughs> we'll get Sammy on. Well, you know what? We, that really would make a good show. Maybe we ought to do that. Just kind of mix it up a little bit and have a uh, the Christian dating game. You want to do a Zoe, Zoe make a Zemi makeover? Oh, you like mean like, uh... <laughs> you mean like uh, the the remake of Vince Neil, where they gave him cosmetic surgery and got him in a deep and back on the treadmill? <laughs> 
Let's do it. That'd be good. We might. We'll Call Sammy. Uh, so let's get Sammy on the line. Should we get Sam? Yeah. Okay, stand by. We're going to try Sammy. Uh, let's see here. Sammy Davis was a Satan worshiper. Oh, he was, actually. There's a picture of him and Anton LaVey, right? Yeah. Too bad. No, you don't have a restored body, so you still got one eye down there. Samuel. Hello? Samuel. Sammy. Good. How's everything? Good. Sammy Davis. You're on live radio. How you doing? Good. I'm, I'm at work also. I need to cash a check. What kind of do I need? Uh, a driver's license. Okay. We're not I, speaking to Sammy. We're speaking to Judah Beetlejuice. Come on, him. So, uh, how's everything, guys? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, we we got a live program on right now. We've got uh, Rich. We've got uh, people in France and England, Marcus and Bridget out there, and Roberta and all the friends. And half of the country, I mean half of the world, is already in the year uh, 2011. Wow. So what are you doing for tonight? Uh, Rich and Natalie and myself, and also... If you would like to be in, uh, we could uh, ring in. It's the New Year in prayer. Just as long as there's no blood soup tonight. You're not having any ethnic dishes, are you? Are you eating Puerto Rican blood pudding? Oh, no, no. Okay. No more of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's dangerous no soup more. right there, man. That's a big dish yeah. with you, the Puerto Ricans, right, Sammy? Yeah, right, yeah. It's an ordinary dish, you know. It's a common so it's safe to say all Puerto Ricans have swine demons? Uh, a large amount of them do. Wow. You know what's interesting is you go to Hong Kong, they have this um, snake soup over there. Oh, uh, yeah? Now, I wonder if you get a snake demon, a serpent. You no. come out of there with a, something no. like a Kundalini soup. That may be Kundalini soup. Oh, uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm serious. Okay, guys, I'm at work. I'll, uh, I'll call you. You're tonight. a live radio here, guy. You can't hang up. Okay, okay, guys. What are you seeing for next year? <laughs> that was Sammy Samuel Garcia. Live on Omega Man Radio. This is great, man. Let's keep prank calling people. Um, if you had a witch's number, we just we just do dial a witch. Uh, yeah, I want to start Dial a Witch and Dial a Dyke. If you go on Backpage.com, uh, let's just start calling everybody. I kind of like the uh, the sniper approach. You know, you just go in there and catch them off guard. That's what I did with Todd Bentley. Also, John Crowder. I just said, hey, Todd. And uh, it's too late for them. At that point in time, they're reading the email, and I'm binding and caging their demons. So he wrote me back and says, bless you, don't ever call me again. <laughs> Are you <laughs> serious? I'm dead serious. I had a dialogue with Todd Bentley. It was too oh, late. man. Demons, man. Got John Crowder, too. You actually communicated with... Now, now, Bentley, I think, might have actually been a real Christian at one time. You know what? I believe he was into the deliverance yeah. ministry. I mean, he knew that a Christian can have a demon. He got I taken out early on. That made, You know, he was talking about Leviathan. And um, yeah. and then somehow or another, 
he got infiltrated, and um, they imparted a Kundalini demon into him. And so what happened would be, uh, is you know, he he got taken down, and then the, tar- the tattoos came on board, and and then it was downhill from there. Yeah. Now, you pray for a guy like that, and if God can restore them, he can have a mighty testimony and expose the third wave movement over there, you know? That's true. But, you know, here's what I kind of see. I kind of have the picture of a person, okay, before they even come to God and come to the church, they're running away from the occult, okay? So they they see the evil, and it's pushing them towards the church. The problem is is they get to the church, and instead of being uh, in contact with a godly man, they meet a witch right there. And now they're hemmed in on both sides because they've went into a church that's already been infiltrated. Yeah, and now they right. stand in between two demonized people. So that's the danger out there is a lot of the churches have been infiltrated. And that's why we yeah. try to expose them. Because just because you're in a church doesn't mean you're in a, a safe place. Because the witches and warlocks are already in a concerted effort infiltrating them to take them down. Yes, big time. So uh, that's the unfortunate part. You've got to be on guard. But uh, we we do have the lines open uh, if you need prayer. Now, Rich, you're still on your cell phone, aren't you? Yeah, I'm still on my cell. You're on a Bluetooth. Well, that's coming through pretty clear. You want to move over to Skype? Uh, I'm actually upstairs. The whole Skype setup is downstairs. Okay, now, are you but, staying uh, over there with your um, with your furnace? Well, we got a uh, wood-burning stove, which Eblet likes to, to, you know, put wood in there and cook up the house with that. Now, what and, you, um, you got to stoke it with uh, wood every day? What's that, buddy? You got to stoke it with wood, so what do you have, like a cord sitting outside? Yeah, we, we did have a cord. Believe it or not, we burned through uh, three-quarters of a cord already. Oh, my goodness. Good going. Yeah. So now, if you run out of wood, does that mean you run out of uh, heat? No, no. <laughs> we got regular heat in the house. This is just kind of like a uh, oh. an extra. Okay, so you got you got central heat and air. Is, is that what they call it? Yeah, well, baseboard heating. Yeah, baseboard. Okay. So that, that's cool. For a minute, I thought you lived up there in the Klondike or something. If you ran out of wood, I'd have to do a uh, airdrop in there to you. Well, what's the temperature where you're at? Man, I, listen, I'm sitting in shorts and flip-flops. It's about, uh, it's about 68, 70 degrees with a breeze. Try Zemi again. He's probably not answering because he doesn't know who you are. Let's try that again. Stand by. I'm in a little tiny one-bedroom apartment uh, that looks like the dwarves lived here. There's a toilet that's so small, I didn't even think I could use it. It was like made for a child. <laughs> nice. I think Bridget can uh, identify with that. Over in India, uh, the hole in the toilet seat's about the size of a cup. And then on top of that, you have to squat over there. Now, Bridget, tell us if that's not the truth or not. They don't have normal toilets. You have to squat over a hole in the floor. Oh, man. That, now, that's called that's called roughing it right here. Oh, man. And on top of that, if you don't have your baby wipes. Now, thank God I brought my baby wipes. I gave up toilet oh, paper. Oh, man, come on. Go. Gross. But listen, I am I am eco green. I do get the flushable type. Oh, but no, man. Think, think about it. Okay, you're, if you're you've done a bio movement, okay. Oh man, a, come on, Can we take the show in another direction. <laughs> I mean, it's not sanitary. Listen, we are pretty barbaric in America, at least overseas. 
they have a big day, and you know, so you do your business, and then you wrench yourself. Unless you're in Saudi Arabia, they actually wipe their butt with their left hand and they shake with their right. Is that way it is, or is it the right hand and the left hand? I don't remember. I don't know, so, bro. You know. <laughs> oh God! I just want to see if anybody is awake out there. Oh, yeah, Bridget, oh man! Flying to it, Bridget. What you have to endure to work in India? Where's Zimmy? Uh, let's see if we can get Zimmy back on the line. Stand by. Uh, you know what? I need to um, click on his name again. Let's try this. Here we go. He might actually be working. We shouldn't have prayed. No, I just talked to him a little while ago. <laughs> he was eating. You reached my mailbox. I'm not available, so I'll get back to you as soon as I get your message. Have a nice day. At the tone, please record your message. When you, you want to leave a message? Hang up or press... Well, you have Mike's number. He's with Mike. Try that number. Okay. Uh, let's see. Mike. I don't know if I have Mike. I do. Uh, I don't have Mike. You don't have Mike? No. I'll give you Mike's number. Hold on. Freaking Zemi. Uh, yeah, I don't have it. Now, you know what? I, I'm here in Skype right now. Now, if I want to actually call out and I want to dial from the keypad, I, I, I can pull my keypad up, but I actually, how do I hit uh, send? You see, what I did uh, is I clicked on one of the Skype contact list, and when I click on it, it says, you want to add to the conference? Yes. Oh, wait a minute. I see it. I'm hitting the wrong button. Hang on. Yeah. I see it. Call his uh, phone directly. Let me give you his number. Hold on. Zemi. He's sure he wants his table saw back. Let's take a we poll in the chat room. Do we give back his table saw or not? It's not his table saw. Guna gave it to me. Oh. Guna gave it to you. Yeah. Then how did he get involved in the equation? He thinks it's his. Dial 516. Okay, stand by. Now, if you're a stalker, please make note of this number. Okay, hang on. <laughs> okay, 516. Uh, Mike, what's up, Mike? Who are you? What oh, is hey, the, Omega Man. This is the Omega Man, and you've got Ricky Keltner over there from Watchmen Radio. Oh, we're, hey, what's up, guys? We're on live radio, man, international. 
Now, he's a surfer, oh, yeah. so we don't want to lose any great white sharks on him. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, guys? What's when going on? Surfing, by the way. What? When was the last time you, you uh, went through the tunnel? Uh, there's been no waves for about a month and a half. So I, I didn't ask that right. When was the last time you hung tin? <laughs> I don't do that hanging tin. Okay. <laughs> that reminds me of some acne uh, medicine I used to have when I was like 12. You know, I didn't have any acne that scarred, you know. I just had a lot of zits, but I used to use this stuff called 1006 and dab it on oh, yeah. cotton. Do you remember that, Rich? No. Mike, I don't think you were born at that time, man. When were you born? No. 88. 88? Come on, man. You were in diapers. <laughs> You're in diapers. Yeah, diaper boy. You weren't even born when I was using 1006. Yeah. My goodness. Well, you don't. Well, shoot. Did you, have you ever have you seen Star Wars yet? Yeah, I'm not really a fan. <laughs> I got a, I got a whole lot of theories on Star Wars. Rich, that's funny, man. Oh, yeah. Like when we talk to people of the newer generation. Have, let me ask you: Have you seen Rambo one yet? Me? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Okay, I just wanted to check. We're big nice. fans. Yes. Oh, yeah? I actually got to see Rambo 2 and 3 when it hit the theaters. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? Rambo 4. Now, I hear Stallone's going to make a Rambo 5. I'm not sure, though. I stopped watching after the first couple. Oh, man. You know, they don't get any better than Stallone. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the first Rambo was my favorite, really. TV guy. <laughs> hey, so reason we're calling you, we're trying to we're trying to hook uh find Zoe. Where is that? Oh, he's uh right next to me. Why is he screening his calls? Hey. Why is he screening his calls? I don't think he's screening his calls. We were having a Christian dating game and we wanted to know if he wanted to come on and be a contestant. We're gonna try to hook him up with <laughs> We're gonna take him out to the beauty salon and it'll uh, get him a perm. His phone's charging right now. We're watching Obama Deception. We're taking a vote on his table saw. They're having a Christian da- uh, dating game. They want to know if we want to play. Tell more. We're going to auction off his um, of his uh, band saw. I want to know and if he wants to bid on it. And they're going to all, they're going to auction off your saw if you want to bid on it. We're raising money for a Mega Man. <laughs> they're raising money for a Mega Man. Which is. <laughs> <laughs> He says, help to the ministry. Off. <laughs> <laughs> put Zemi um, on. Can you put Zemi on? Hello? Zemi. renamed him. His name is Zemi. Stands for Zoe E. Morton. Uh, oh, sure. Hold on. <laughs> he has to put a period between each uh, letter. Uh, this is Zem Radio here. Zemi, uh, you're going to uh, be on Watcher Radio to talk about you're going to be interceding for all the false prophets of 2010? Of course. Yeah, I always pray for the false prophets to be uh, to be saved. Now, you did you did take note that some of the prophets that missed it big time have just rolled into 2011 with no nothing, right? That is amazing, you know. They just have this new uh, thrust of 2011, like uh, like 2010 meant nothing. 
But we still have a few hours. Wait a minute. We still have a few hours. You want to start a countdown? You, yeah, we countdown. should do a countdown. Yeah. I would like that. Is a Mega Man on here? Zoe, what's Mega Man silent when we, when we met hey, your false prophets. Costa Rica, brother? Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm in a covert location down south. Let me just leave uh, it at that. Okay. Shh. Quiet. Gotcha. All right, brother. I'm actually on a mission. Well, I'm not too far from Norman Parish, though. Yeah, well, it would be great to see you two get together. No, he's still alive. He's uh, still kicking. Yeah. Wow, you should maybe have coffee with him. You know what? Uh, he's a great man of God, you know. <clears throat> uh, by the way, uh, I want to put out an announcement. If anybody would like any of uh, Norman Parrish's books, there's about five of them that are in English. You can get them from Dario Parrish. You've got to write him, though. He's up on Facebook. Dario is his son, and he will send them to you. I need them. He doesn't have yeah. any. Most of the stuff's in Spanish, but he had five, so little yeah. tiny book. Well, Natalie was saying that she was, she's really getting into the Kindle now, and I'm thinking about getting one myself. Um, is that, yeah, I mean, she's got, she's loading that thing up with deliverance material, and you just go and, um, evidently, uh, a lot of people could just take their materials and throw them in Kindle format. Uh, uh, it seems a lot easier to spread it. I think it's going to be big. Well, you know, I've never been one to read books, e-books off of a laptop. Maybe I would think differently if I was holding it in my hand about the size of a book. Well, that's what... That's what the iPad's all about. The iPad, you can load all your favorite e-books, and it's like having uh, you know, 150 books in one in one book. Really? Kindle's a little bit thinner, though. It's like the size of a piece of paper, and the battery lasts one month. It's pretty interesting. It lasts one month, huh? Yeah. Good God. It'd be nice to have all your deliverance books on there, all these deliverance materials. You know, I want to tell Terry uh, that he should start PDFing, because the new Kindles do PDF now. He should put them all on Amazon in PDF format, which we already have if he wants them, and, you know, sell them that way. Now, does it have text-to-speech, too? I don't know if the new one has it, but I think the one Natalie's getting it has unlimited... Um, 3G downloading capabilities. Pretty neat. In other words, uh, could you just sit there and let it read to you? Like on a synthesizer? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think you're actually going to do some manual labor and read it. Wow. But I, I could be mistaken. Well, you know what? My my goal is to go through the whole Host of Hell series. I've got them with me. I've got uh, tw the 12 books. Less alcoholic syndrome. I didn't need to spend any time on that. But uh got the little booklets. So, yeah. Yeah. It, you know, but you know, it, it weighed weighed ten pounds. I had to carry them in a shoebox. It would be nice to wow. have them all on a little kindle. That'd be cool. Is it true, Omega, that you gave up the dollar menu? Is that true? Is that it's a miracle, brother? Um, you know what? I was not really a McDonald's dollar fan. I really kind of switched to a Wendy's because now they have the new fries with sea salt. Uh oh. And uh, you know, yeah, Wendy's dollar menu is definitely more tempting than McDonald's. I got to admit that. Wendy's is real food. I mean, you get real chili, you know, with beans, real ground beef in there. You know, in fact, um, you can eat on a budget over there. You can get a um, a double stack with cheese and a Wendy's small chili and an ice water for two thirty eight. It's amazing. I used to live on the uh, the Taco Bell three for a dollar when I lived over in Tijuana. 
And I would come across over on the um, the trolley, and I would stop about midway point on my way to my uh, temporary job, and I would get three tacos with a cup of water. Those were the lean times. You know, ramen noodles every day. I used to buy four for a dollar, and I'd always have a ramen noodle in my backpack with a bottle of water. Wow. But hey, you I've never got to the I've never got to the ramen noodle stage, but it might come. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, what do you do when you have no refrigerator and you have no um, stove? You just have a microwave. You know, you can live on ramen noodles. Just get the chicken one, so you get a little little bit chunks of uh, some vegetables in there, like a pea and a carrot. Uh huh. I tell you what, though, I'm not a lot of weight that way, walking and ramen noodles. I, or maybe I'll start it called the Omega Man diet. It's just ramen noodles and uh, four miles a day. Yeah. Wow. Nice. You know, I well, just weighed in uh, on the scale. I'm 181. I want to document this for international radio. Amen. I've got to go down to 125 now. That's the heaviest you've ever been, 181. Well, you know, that's, that's fully clothed with shoes and uh, jacket and jeans. Well, hey, listen, do you think you could do, do this for the listeners? Maybe take a picture of your side profile before and after? So I've already got the it. transformation? I've got it. I'm, I'm just stripped down to my PTs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I can't even imagine. I, I wonder if they would uh, they put a poster up in New York City. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I should join you. Maybe I should take a profile at January 1st and join you. Really, what I have is I, I have just a big pot belly. It looks like I, I drink, but I don't even drink alcohol. But I tell you, what will do it to you folks is sitting behind a computer for 12 hours a day, living like a redneck in the deep south, eating all that uh, fast food. But I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I looked around, and I looked at all the people there in North Georgia. Then I got to the airport in Miami. And I looked around and I said, wow, uh, what a difference. You know, it's beco- it is becoming a national epidemic, uh, obesity. Yeah. You know, we're being laughed at. You know what I mean? Uh, people look at American, Americans now as just fat, lazy. You know, we've lost the eye of the tiger. Everything's being dismantled. And it's sad. It's a sad day to be an American. But I have well, to- you know, there are there are people trying to help us with, you know, I'm, I was thinking about getting the ad coaster. That's a big popular thing now. Who is it? Montel Williams is like promoting the, the ad coaster like uh, nationally now. It's like that. They had a picture of him standing in a warehouse with hundreds of thousands of ad coasters for sale. I couldn't believe it. Really? So I, they are they are on the upswing. We're trying to get people in shape though. Ab coaster. Yeah. Um, I'm not familiar with that one. Now I'm I'm old school, classic style, eight minute abs. You can watch that on YouTube. You ever done that one? Yeah, uh, I I'm, I'm like six minutes abs now. Six minutes abs. I'm still look. I'm trying to get a. Um, I'm trying to get my twelve pack. I've just got a one pack right now. Uh, I hear the biggest thing is PX ninety. That's like the most popular one out there. You know that is a big infomercial. They made a lot of money on that. I actually know the people who. I believe they're called TriStar out of New York. They they did the PX ninety. I'll tell you something, though. Um, there is a guy, um, he comes from Romania. His name is Dragon Radovic. He's Serbian or he's Romanian? He, I think he's actually Serbian. Excuse me. This guy, he's uh, he's in his 60s now. He's got the body of a 25-year-old. I mean, he's got the, I mean, he is just solid muscle, 
six-pack superpower. In fact, they'll do this contest. It's a string contest. All he uses is these dumbbells. And what you do is you give them two dumbbells, yeah. and you raise them up one at a time, and you drop it. Raise them up. And there'll be people standing in line taking the $10,000 challenge. What they'll do is they'll come up and take your place beside him, lifting these dumbbells. And whoever wears up first, you know, loses. And there'll be a whole line of them, and he keeps on going, lifting these dumbbells. He'll do like 10,000 repetitions. Wow. Check him out on YouTube. His name is Dragon Ravovic. And uh, you can look at him. Amen. How did he get all this upper body strength, you know? So he's got this new um, technique that he used. he's come up with. Actually, it's, it's big in the U.K. Marcus can probably go down to one of his fitness centers where they're doing it. It's called... Uh, someone out there can, can Google it, but it, it kind of piqued my curiosity, you know? He's not like a muscle-bound Arnold Schwarzenegger, but he's real limber. He's got all the definition, and he's got this incredible upper body strength. At any rate, well, well, speaking of food, I have uh, the guest home that I'm staying at here is Maria, who is my sister. She just got a Sicilian pizza from the neighborhood. Uh, Wait a minute. She cooked guy. swine this morning. Does it have pepperoni on it? It yeah, no, she got it. She got us some Sicilian pizza, so we're ready. We're, oh, we're Wait a minute. Something. Does it have swine on it, yes or no? We don't no, have no, swine no, no. on the show. No swine. No swine. You already you, you had swine this morning, swine. though. Do you, do you admit that? Yeah. What She she put out. Wait a minute. So you ate gone. swine this morning. We're going to have to cast out that swine demon. Come out. Yeah. yeah. Did you actually eat it? Of course. Oh, my goodness. I had I had a couple it, links. You know, I'm you not eat swine all the time. When you're snorting at 3 a.m. in the morning, don't call me. Well, you sound like the guy in Deliverance. That's canoe broke down. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway, I'm going to try to stick to the turkey bacon. No Burt Reynolds around here going to help you. Okay, you can eat turkey All right, bacon. Well, that, that is acceptable on the Mega Man show. There's swine on that. I, I just heard it. You, um, I guess we'll, I'll see you guys on watching radio tomorrow night, huh? See you tomorrow night. All right. Okay. I guess we'll uh, we'll talk about the coming calamities of 2011. How about that? You're going to eat some swine? Uh, well, you can get some uh, pig noises for me. I'll sing along. Come on. Don't lie. Admit this swine on the pizza. I discern it. You must pick, you must no, pick no, it no. off and sit no, to the seriously. side. It's just, it's just plain pizza, man. You can give it to the dog. There's swine I juice promise. on there, then. Yeah. We got through to Maria this morning. She went ill. That's it. I'm throwing it out, and that was the end of it. So all I told her is that sausages are made from swine heads, where they grind the yeah. face skin down with the teeth. Yeah, and then oh, they pack it into it. Yeah. Well, that's Sicilians it. are Sicilians are big with pork. Mostly Sicilians, Italians like to eat pork. So it's a it's a, it's a generational thing, I guess. Yeah, it is generational because they didn't have any beef around there. Like like in uh, certain other parts of the world, they don't have any beef, so they eat swine. Yep. It's like that in the Philippines. They eat the swine, uh, you know, ass, ears. Right, Edmund? Oh, my goodness, yeah, that's they, nasty. Yeah. They eat the swine nose, everything. Oh, I wouldn't want to hear about it. What, honey? Yeah, oh, and the inwards. They rip the swine open and eat all the inwards out. Have you all yeah. ever eaten head cheese? 
Oh, don't even talk about that. Head cheese soup? What? what? They call the brains? I heard about that. I've never seen Well, head cheese is the swine head. And they mix it up, scramble the brains yeah. and everything. Have you ever eaten eggs with scrambled brains? Okay. That's what Zoe eats. I can tell you one thing worse than all of that. It's called the sanguinach. And if you want to tell you that, they you know what sanguinach means. It's, it's called blood. That is, that is the guts of a cow. Swine. They drain the swine and they make a pudding out of it and they feed it to you with some sugar. Real Italians eat the sanguinach. That's sick. It's pretty sick. That's sick. I know. I used to eat it when I was younger, and I found out what it was, and I don't touch it anymore. Well, we're not talking to Zoe. We're talking to Beetlejuice. Come out, have I don't know if Beetlejuice is in there. Come out, have Beetlejuice, are you in there? Okay, we'll let you go so you can have your pizza, but uh, All right, yeah. we're watching you. Well, listen. The countdown begins tonight, guys. Come on. Yeah, the there's a good chance Rick Wilde's prophecies might come to pass in the next two hours. You never know. You never know. I mean, I pray I pray that it does for those guys. I really do. You know, or they come to the list of uh, of all the rest of them that said what was going to happen, and then, uh, you know, did nothing happen. Oil gusher, prophecy, the methane gas explosion. Well, you know yeah. what? It's good that we learn. It's good that we learn balance and what to do and fear mongering and all that stuff. you got to be careful. You know that. I believe there's a time for warning, but if the ministry is devoid of the one-third of Jesus' ministry deliverance, I really don't have much time for them. Because what does it matter All right, I'm coming. When hey, guys, i got to go, man. Pizza's on the table. i got to go. Pizza's more important than Omega's what he's saying to you right now? No, no, not at all, not at all. I have to be polite, okay? Take care. God bless. I can't believe he blew off all these listeners for food. You know, uh, but basically, what benefit is it to know when the end is other than to know how much time you've got left to do deliverance in the full gospel message because we're all going to give an accounting for what we did and if the ministry is not into deliverance I don't have any use for it well that's the problem uh, Omega what's going on is they don't know how to do deliverance they mock it in fact one of the people that prophesied the methane gas explosion was coming against Worley on his own forum and um, the reality of it is they just know how to warn, which is okay, but that's only a slight portion of ministry. And um, the problem is their warnings don't come to pass, and then they roll to 2011 with all new, new prophecies to 2011. And um, they should really get involved in the deliverance ministry. They might have more success at that. What do you think? That's my litmus test. I ask them, do you believe a Christian can have a demon? If they say no, I don't give them any more time. Because I realize that they're so far behind that they're not doing anybody any good. Because that's that's the battlefield we're, we're encountering right now. We've got demonized people everywhere you go. Everybody's demonized. Yeah. And the only way we're going to be able to be set free is through Jesus Christ to get those demons out. And then we can actually do something for the Lord. If, if, if there's a prophetic timeline, then it's only to give me an indicator how much uh, more gas I've got in the tank before I run out and I can't do no more work. We need to be working right up until the time either the Lord returns or we lose our heads, whichever is first. Well, I hope I don't lose my head. Well, I don't want to go that way either. I want to, I'd like to endure till the end, to the last trump. I kid you not, but... Um, I have no problem with you losing your head, but me... Uh, 
I'll need to keep it for a little while. <laughs> you know? Who else can we aggravate? Things are ramping up. Um, let's see here. Well, we, we've got open lines here. 917-889-2745. Yeah, come on. Or toll-free 877-806-2482. If you need prayer, call in. We'll pray for you right now. Amen. There's nothing like getting a demon on the ropes. I agree. Yeah. It's a new year, and the demons themselves will, will be celebrating a new year. I'm trying to think that no one knows about the deliverance ministry, but they're in for a big surprise. Amen. We got to get. You know it, out. and I know it. You know, we had I had a demon say to me the other day. He says, "I'm glad there's not too many of y'all. We're going to win." And that's really what they think. They really see the number of people that are reporting for duty up on the front line with their sword of the spirit. There's not many. And we need to, we need resources to, to take this out. You know what? Satan is well-funded. He's well-financed. His people all have uh, mega pulpits on the, on, the, on the TV to spew their crap out there. Yeah. And, you know, the deliverance ministry as a whole, nobody supports them. Many of them can't even keep their, um, their power bills almost paid. I was talking to a minister the other day. Record low numbers, people showing up. In fact, uh, there's a big church behind one church where this minister is, and uh, you've got the police out there directing traffic away from them over to the uh, the Kundalini church. So, I mean, wow. it's just um, it's a sick situation out there. Very sick. If you want to get involved in ministry, there's no better ministry to get on board with than the deliverance ministry. Because every demon that comes out is a miracle of God. And uh, I believe there's no greater reward than seeing the captive set free of demonic spirits in Jesus' name. Do I hear an amen? Amen. Amen to that. I agree. Territory out there. We're we're engaging these demons, getting them to manifest. Tell us their name. What's their legal right to be there? Who else is in there? Um, you know, we're we're putting together a a, a better picture of what the uh, the enemy looks like. I know you and I, Rich, have been working against Leviathan and have come up against that several times in recent weeks. Yes. And that one's been defeated. This mind control that I've been coming up against, that's uh, that's a wicked one. What do you think about mind control? Mind control, uh, you know, I think that's come against me over the years. I need deliverance from that. Yeah, me too. I know, I know I've been hit by mind control, um, and it's an octopus. And apparently above the octopus is a giant squid. This is no laughing matter, folks. These are real entities. They're marine spirits, and they're taking people down left and right. Of course, you got the whole family of succubus out there, which is uh, Lilith the yeah. Screechow, Incubus, Succubus, Asmodeus, Osmodeus. Um, you got the Serpentine family. you got Kundalini, Python, and Boa, just a couple that we've uncovered. There's probably yeah. more in there. Uh, I was on the phone with young Mike the other day, and we came up against the Flesh Eaters, which is the family of Vampire, Jack, wow. and Hyena. There's at least 12 or 14 there. And, um... <laughs> My God. Uh, it's, uh, it's, sick, it's sick business out there, but you know what? Praise God for deliverance. So, uh... What would we be without it, yeah? I just thought, in fact... I just ordered a book from Lester Summerall, uh, 
pretty good book. What's it called? Um, Biblical Deliverance. Really? Yeah. Mega? Oh. Did I drop off? No, for a second you did. Oh, okay, we've got a caller. Let's go to this caller. Caller from 111 Area Code. You're on the air. Caller, you're there. Caller, you're there. Hello? Yes. Hello. Hey, Shannon, how's it going? Doing good. Who's this? It's Randy. Uh, uh, Randy, how are you, man? Good. Happy New Year, brother. Happy New Year to you. Good. Randy. Uh, Randy, Latrent. Randy, yeah. did, did you get the uh, you get the book Battling the Host of Hell? Win Worley? Oh yeah, I uh, didn't Peggy mail you and let you know. How did that go for you? I read the whole thing, brother. It was excellent. Well, you know that's the first one in, in a series of about twelve. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a. Uh, oh my gosh, it's an excellent book, man. I, I read the whole thing already. Did wow. you read it yet? You know what? I have started on that. In fact, I've got all twelve of his books with me right now. And wow. uh, if I haven't already done it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to send you the uh, H.A. Maxwell White, uh, The Power of the Blood. Hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, well, give us a, cool. give us a update on you. How you been doing the last couple of weeks? Um, I've been doing really good. I found a local deliverance minister. Uh, I talked to him on the phone, but I haven't gone to his church yet to discern, uh, you know, or to talk to him to find out. Uh, I, I asked him who he was involved with or, or who he learned under, and uh, he said he uh, uh, was under Derek Prince and wow, some, good. And Chuck, Chuck, somebody. Okay, and if he, he knows Derek Prince, that's a that's a good deal there. It's good. Yeah, it's it, uh, uh, Chuck, this Chuck guy. I can't remember the guy's last name. I wanted to write it down and I forgot. Um, but he said this Chuck was right underneath Derek Prince and learned everything he knew from Derek Prince. So, uh, he was, uh, uh, what do you call that? Uh, um, kind of mentored by Derek. He Prince. was mentored by this Chuck guy that was mentored by, uh, that, that was right underneath Derek Prince. So, um, he hasn't gotten back to me yet, um, because I believe, some of the deliverance I need is going to have to be hands-on. Well, you know what? Everybody's like an onion. You know, you peel off one layer at a time. Exactly, exactly. We just cast Leviathan out of a, a gentleman the other day, and as it was it was coming out, it says you've cast out, I mean, you peeled off another layer of the onion. Wow. And then it screamed, and it went to Tartarus. Wow. Uh, but uh, you know what? Everybody's got this onion, so, you know, bit by bit, God won't deliver you of everything instantly. No. Most of us couldn't take it if we got total deliverance instantly. Uh, that, that's you know I read uh, I read a lot of that you know I, I read through that whole book and it was amazing uh, the stuff that Win Worley uh, went through. Oh yeah, it, you know, um, it, it, in the same way with uh, 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 Derek Prince, I've got a bunch of his stuff that I've read. Um, and Peg's going to let me read. Uh, she's got pigs in the parlor. Yeah, Frank Hammond. Yeah, so I'm gonna read that. I've, I've, nice. She she's gathered a bunch of whole, a bunch of stuff for me, 
that uh, I've put on my computer so I can I could read it and listen to it, you know. So, uh, but but things are going well, except uh, I lost my job Thursday. Oh no! But uh, you know what? I knew it was going to end. I was just hoping that God was going to let it go just a little bit farther, so I could find something else. But He's got the plan. He's never ever failed Peg and I. You know, uh, I mean, we've sat for a while and waited on him. And, of course, as you know, Shannon, I'm an impatient person. Uh, you know, uh, but I've learned to, to have patience now and wait on him. And, and, and I've got a good calmness about it. You know, uh, I think he's moving us out of Wake Forest. Um, so, Where are you up in? You're in the uh, Maryland area? No, I'm in North Carolina. Okay. Uh, Wake Forest, Maryland. Uh, you brought back a memory. No. Oh, did it really? <laughs> yeah. Um, so now you were doing doing security work. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what uh, kind of what security? Blackwater. Uh, I was doing. Uh, I was just working for a, a construction company, signing people in and out. Uh, they were building a new Walmart. Were you unarmed or armed security? No, un- unarmed. You know, I did that for about seven years. I worked uh, up in Northern Virginia part time when I was with the government full time, and yeah, it was a great, great job. Uh, ran into a lot of interesting people. Uh, do yeah, they have so a Barton? Did I. Um, I they have a Barton Protective of... Services there. Do they have what? Uh, agency called Barton. Um, I don't know. I haven't looked it up online. Uh, I, I still got my CDL, and I just got my federal medical card back. So I've been applying. I've been applying for a lot of uh, truck driving jobs, local okay. stuff. You know what I okay, mean? Okay. So you used to drive a big rig. Well, yeah, I've I've driven everything from a uh, big rig all the way down to a garbage truck. You know. Wow. So, um, I, I've been doing. I've been applying for a lot of them jobs, and I've applied for a few security jobs. Um, but we're looking to move over towards the Asheville area. So, if you want to keep us in prayer. Uh, we're looking to move out in the country. We found a place for uh, it's four acres. Uh, there's two, actually two houses on the property, and uh, um, it's got a bunch of fruit trees. It's got uh, nice. uh, two big streams on it, uh, and one has trout in it. You know, because um, I just got off the phone with Rick Wilds uh, uh, last night. I talked to him for a little while. Oh wow, Rick! Yeah, wow. yeah. Because um, Peg, Peg and I have been good friends with Rick for quite a while, you know. Oh boy! And uh, I just got off the phone with him last night. Him and his wife Sue, and uh, his him and his son had a good show on the other night. Man, did you hear that show? No, I, I oh, go yeah. in there periodically and, and look. And um, what was the uh, what was the topic on? It was about uh, his son. You know, was in search of Noah's Ark. Right. So he had his son on last night, and uh, they talked about uh, what what you know a uh, project. Yeah, there was yeah. some guy up there, uh, one of his son's friends that they went missing in action up on the mountain. Did they find him? Um, I, you know what? I, I didn't ask Rick if they found him or not, and they didn't cover that on the show. Yeah, they had a guy who was up there. Uh, I guess even this past month, and they lost contact with him. Don't know if he was killed or the Kurds got him or what. Yeah, that was a, uh, he was from the Netherlands or something. That was a, the guy that he first come come in contact with that he was doing a shooting for. You I know, was going to go up on the uh, the mountain one time. I could have done it for about ten grand. Um, I didn't go. I wish I would have went. 
course, I don't believe that it's up on Mount Ararat personally. I believe that the mountains of Ararat actually extend over to Iran, and that's probably the more likely location of it. You know, but they've been looking up on Ararat for years, uh, you know, all the way back uh-huh. to Colonel Jim Irwin, who walked on the moon. Well, that's he was what he was talking Bob about Point. last night, Shannon. Uh that's what his son was talking about last night. That he doesn't believe it's actually up on Mount Ararat either. That uh, if you if you study the uh, old uh, testament, it says it 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 rested on Mount Ar- uh, the mounts of Ararat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it could be anywhere in there. Yeah, and it does go over in Iran. What's interesting though is uh, certain things had. To- have to be present, you know, uh, Noah came down from the ark, and what did he do? He planted a vineyard. Yep. So you've got to be in an area where the the soil is fertile enough to plant grapes. Yeah. And, um, you know, Bob Cornuki, who was at, he was, um, he was a, a police officer. He went up there with Larry Williams, the, the day trader who made a million dollars day trading. You know, they went into um, the original Mount Sinai area over there in, Saudi Arabia some time ago. Can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah, I'm listening. And um, they went into that uh, territory, found the original Mount Sinai. It's out in, again, it is in Saudi Arabia. Uh, it's not in uh, Egypt. And I then the Cornuki, uh, um, let me get my brain going here. Cornuki basically. Uh, launched a uh, launched an expedition as uh, security for Colonel Jim Irwin before he died. You know, he went up like three times. Or oh, maybe really? More. Yeah, the astronaut. Now, he had a lot of celebrities, so he was able to get in uh, at times when the country had been closed off to other people. He went up there, and, of course, a boulder went down the hill and hit him in the head, and he almost died. Uh-huh. Uh, and then he died, I think he died of cancer, and <clears throat> before he died, uh, he had some contacts in the CIA which showed him a picture which they purported to be, you know, the picture of um, of Noah's Ark, but uh, he never got to see it himself. Now, Cornuki has went up several times since, mm-hmm. and he's also went over into the Iran, Iran, Iranian area, area, and he wrote a book on it, and um, they didn't find it, but, you know... He only had so much time to go out there and look, and that's a vast area. So personally, I believe it's still sitting out there. I've always oh, dreamed of going in and seeing what it would be like to go inside. I mean, I heard it was as big as an aircraft carrier. Well, yeah, you just got to kind of figure how big one of those, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's got to be huge. No doubt about the anchors, it. He was talking about the anchors last night. And he said the anchors for it were eight foot tall. And mm. normally the, the anchors back then were only about four foot tall. Really? But he said he found, he he's pretty sure that they found a bunch of the anchors for it that were all stone that were about four foot wide and about eight foot tall. He said they were huge. Well, I'll tell you who, who had a lot of history with that was uh, Ron Wyatt. Do you ever remember that name? No, I've never heard of that name. Peck Ron Wyatt, has. back in the 70s, uh, he was an um, anesthesiologist. And he was kind of a layman archaeologist. And he went over, and uh, him and his sons, they went into Saudi Arabia. 
they went in. They found the true Mount Ararat, the mountain of fire. You know, you, there's pictures of you can see at the top portion of the mountain is black, uh-huh. in stark contrast to the rest. So it had been hit by the power, you know, the flame of God, the fire of God. Mm-hmm. They went over there and they got arrested and they almost got their heads cut off. They uh, they managed to get out after 70 days in imprisonment and they were up on uh, with Ted Koppel on Nightline back in the 80s. Um, but they went in and then he went after Mount Ararat. He went up there a couple times and he claims to have found the. Uh, yeah, I believe they found the anchors. They they said that they thought they had the they found the house where, you know, Noah lived. Because they had a lot of uh, rocks over there with. And apparently graves with some kind of markers, with uh, you know symbols of the flood. Of course, that was still an Ararat area. So uh, I, I believe he found Ararat. No, no, no question. Of, I mean, uh, found Mount Sinai, but I don't believe he found the true Mount Ararat. Again, I believe that that's over in uh, in Iran. But that's just a theory. You know, no one's found it yet. No, no. Uh, Jeremy said they're still looking hard. You know, so uh, I, I, I. I I think that's his name, isn't it, Jeremy? Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, his son's name. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a really good show. In fact, it was really too short. Uh, Rick's got to have him on again to, to keep talking, you know. What a fascinating uh, subject, though, you know. Oh, yeah. About- Did you hear his other show about the uh, – he had a show on. He had a guy on the other night uh, that was talking about Jew- Jewish heritage. No, I didn't catch that. Oh, man, you got to listen to that. You want to talk about a good show. He said he's going to have this guy on uh, next year quite a bit to because uh, they they only touch base on on just the opening of one of his books, you know about uh, about how where all the Jewish tribes uh, uh, scattered to. Really, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was fascinating. I, I will check that out. I mean, you know, of course, there's a lot of people who believe that uh, some of the tribe of Ephraim is actually in the United States. Uh, he and, was talking uh, about that, yeah. It's interesting yeah. concept, you know. Uh, they're, they're definitely scattered, but they're still out there too, you know. Revelation says there'll, have, there'll be twelve thousand from each tribe. Well, if 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 you uh, if you really want to get technical, I think we're all Jewish. I don't know. I mean, that, there's some that will purport that they say if you have a love for the Jewish nation, then you you may in fact be one of the twelve tribes. Of course. We use the term Jewish too loosely. That's only one of the tribes. That was Judah. Yeah. You know, that was that was one of the tribes. You had the other 11 tribes, right? Yep. And That's Judah right. and Israel broke off at one point in time. Yeah. Yeah, he talks about that. And yeah. uh but you know, they they all have the same birthright and heritage. They're oh, all yeah. the you know, the house of Israel. But, you know, that would be kind of cool. Um Yeah, it's a really good show if if uh uh, if you get a chance, uh, or if but even if you weren't there. Jewish or Israelite, you know, just the fact that we're grafted into the olive tree, praise God for that. You know, we all are That's part right. of the Commonwealth of Israel, and we have the uh-huh. same birthright, haven't been grafted in through Jesus Christ. So, you know, praise God for that. That's right, praise God. Where'd, but uh, uh, Rich, uh, I lost Rich. He's dropped off. Uh, I had him on a cell phone, but oh, I tell you what, okay. I want to do is I want to pray for you there if you allow me to. Okay. We're just going to pray for um, some direction. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I just come in agreement yes, Lord. with my brother. And yes. I'm asking that you and loose warrior angels to surround him and his wife. Yes. For their protection, we ask for a wall fire of the Holy Spirit, Zechariah 2 and 5. And God, I ask that you would loose angels to create favor 
with men for a job. God, you know where he needs to be at, both geographically and with a, a job position. So I'm asking for favor here for my brother for a job and also that you would give him direction on where he is to move. If it's, if it's to move to this property, I believe in North Carolina, open the right doors, God. But if it's not, then shut the door. Yes, Lord. Again, um, open the right doors, shut the wrong doors in Jesus' name. We just apply the blood of Jesus to him. I ask God for a blessing financially, again, for precise instructions for this hour. And that uh, thank you for the deliverance he's received, and thank you for Jesus Christ that came to set all the captives free. We ask that you continue to strengthen him and and, um, make it known to him what he is to do for you in these last days. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hey, I I did get some, uh, amen, I got some uh, uh, different prayers pegged downloaded for me. Uh, I'll have to send them to you if you want there by Pre- Preston T. Bailey. You ever hear him? No. Uh, uh, I'm looking for more deliverance ministers. If you find any, uh, like this one that you were telling me about, his name is Chuck, send the information along and we'll get in contact okay. with him. Uh, command for demons to manifest was one of the prayers. His name uh, is Preston T. Bailey. How do you spell his last name? Um, Dr. Preston look. T. Break this down. Dr. Preston T. Bailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y, Jr. Preston, okay, I think I found him. Spiritual Warfare Center, maybe. Yeah, yep, that's it. And then uh, prayer for cleansing for your home. I mean, these are prayers that can help people that uh, you've gave deliverance to or are helping to get deliverance that that they can help, I I think, Shannon, you know, to help them uh, uh, keep their house clean. And, and there's a, like a prayer of protection there. There's a prayer of uh, renunciation, and there's cool. a prayer of victory. There's all, all different kinds of stuff on that website. I, you know, because uh, after people get deliverance, they think they're fine and everything's good to go, and they can run with it. And but uh, like Win Worley says in his book, once you start, it's a daily process. Why well, not? Because the devil is out to get you back. That's right. And any open door that's left open without the the Holy Spirit filling that void, uh, then it, it, the demons enter right back in. Well, that's right. And, you know, we don't get complete deliverance of everything. Uh, that's that's not normally how the Lord works it. You know, we'll get deliverance, we'll, we'll gain control, but then we've uh-huh. got to keep asking God to show us the areas of strongholds, break them. Exactly. And uh, it's a process. When Warren Worley said that, he wasn't going to get probably deliverance for everything until he met Jesus. Yeah. Uh, then that, <laughs> I said, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that, that's probably true for most of us. Um, but, hey, and you know. When, when you were speaking earlier about it, it's, it's uh, you know, how people, uh, they, they go, they get excited at first and they want to get into the deliverance ministry, you know, and, and they start, you know, just like a freight train. And then they figure out that when you go into the deliverance ministry, and you're and and the devil knows you're serious about it, yeah, you're going to get the attacks straight from hell because of uh, because uh, the devil don't want you messing with with you know with doing that. You know, he's got a lot of resources. He'll divert them to take you down or to attempt sure. to do that. And we don't need to have fear, folks. In fact, um, no. The, no. the safest place you can be 
is uh, fighting Satan. That's right. Because, uh, you know, God is also going to take care of you and provide angelic protection. At least you, you know that you're doing something. Um, mm-hmm. If I if I'm not being attacked, in other words, let me see if I can articulate it better. I would be worried if there's no attacks coming. That's right, exactly. Because that might be an indication that uh, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. When you're not being attacked, or yeah, uh, and and like he was saying in his book um, uh, that. When, when when he first started, you know, uh, he him and his family, his church family, uh, were under s- such severe attack that uh, you know, and he knew he was doing the right things of God for the kingdom, you know, and you just have to know how to battle against it every day. That's absolutely, got to do spiritual self defense every day. You got to break the curses, break any witchcraft coming against you. Send it back to where it came from in Jesus' name. Yeah. Cover yourself in the blood of Jesus. You know, you so wake you're up, not at home? Uh, break any witchcraft that came in through your dream state? No, I'm actually on the road, and um, I'm doing this program live right now with a Skype headset. The Internet oh, connection's holding up pretty good, so um, came to see my wife. I hadn't seen her in nine months. So, well, praise um, God. A little Hallelujah. bit of a reunion. Praise God for that, and uh going to do some deliverance. You know, but Peg and I are work. really praying that uh, she can come back home with you, man. You know, that God will give you a miracle. Yeah, I need you one. Um, like all of us, we all need some breakthroughs right now. Yeah. In the areas of jobs, finances, you know, where does God want us to live? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, physical healing. So everybody's in a battle right now. Well, I told but, you, know, God, I'm not, I'm not so much worried about where I live because he'll, he'll provide everything. And what I just want to be in his, uh, I want to be, I want to you be wanna... with him. You know, I want to make sure that I'm in his will. Amen. Because if I'm in his will and I'm looking at him and not off at something else, then uh, if my focus stays on him, then he'll take me through everything I need to go through. You know? Well, it does say he'll meet all our needs according to his riches and glory. And then I, I believe it talks about he'll give us the desires of our hearts. So, exactly. Um, praise God for that. Uh, yeah. It doesn't mean it's not going to be without cost or paying a price, but um, you know he gave everything for us, so we owe him something back. You know. That's right. That's exactly right. Well, God bless you there for calling in tonight. All right. Brother, and, you uh, take care and uh, have a happy new year. Uh, be blessed with your wife. And uh, call me when you get back, Shannon. I'll do it. All right, brother. Keep me in prayer. God bless you, brother. I will. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. We're going to go to the next caller. Stand by. Uh, Let's see. I've got a caller from 406 Area Code. Uh, Stand by a minute. Let's see. My connection may be slowing down just a bit. If anybody's out there still listening... Give me a sound check here. Uh, I am broadcasting via Skype today. And um, you never know what's going to happen with Skype. Sometimes the bandwidth will work out great. And other times it will be very slow. So what I want to know now is how my voice is coming through, if it's warbly or if you can hear me clearly. Well, it looks like I didn't lose the caller. So if you would like to call in, the number is 
917-889-2745 or toll-free 877-806-2482. You know what? Let me see if I can get Dr. Pat on the line. By the way, we're going to be doing School of Deliverance tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Um, Eastern Time. Let's see if I can get Dr. Pat. Hold on here. Hmm. Try this number. Stand by. Hello. Hey, Dr. Pat. Let me put my ears on. Cool. Do I did I call your Skype number? Yeah. Okay, I'm doing a live program testing this thing out. How you doing today? Well, let me get my ears on. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Wait just a minute. Folks, you, you great. It's always good to have your ears on. Just don't forget where you laid your ears. <laughs> of course, I could deal with that a little better than if I misplaced my eyes. And my ears on, you don't hear me as well. See? <laughs> what you doing, Bruce? Well, I'm um, I'm just enjoying a... Shannon. Uh, <laughs> well, you can call me. Just don't call me Raul. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's up? Um. <laughs> uh, well, you know, so far so good. I, I cranked up the board about an hour and a half ago, and it was just going to be a short little test, and then just started making some calls. Next thing you know, a show started to form. <laughs> well, everybody misses you. <laughs> I miss everybody, too. I couldn't stay away for too long. I know that's a fact. <laughs> we have so much fun. I, you know, I wrote an article on uh, John Kilpatrick, and I misspelled his name, right? Yes. I had to go in and redo that article. I just got through with it. So while I was in there, I just added a few things. So, But that's what I've been doing today. <laughs> wow. Now, what? Uh, I don't know the name. Who's John Kilpatrick? Uh, he's the Bonesville pastor. Oh. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, uh, he, hello? Yes, I'm still here. Yeah, because somebody tried to connect in. I don't know who it is, but I'll just ignore them. Oh, that's right. You know what? People can still try to dial you. Um, but like, they can't get in, right? That's right, unless you uh, add them to the conference. So, yeah. Kilpatrick, he was one of the founders of the uh, the third wave, maybe? Well, he was the pastor over at Brownsville. Let me give you a little history, because we're going to be talking on that. Um, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Yes. Um, what the, well, I'll just pick that up and hang it up. Uh, what it is, is, see, real, uh, what, what was giving us a lot of problems last Saturday is that people haven't said it in their minds that something was wrong with Brownsville, uh, because it's an assembly of God church. And uh, so in order to understand the the picture of the history of this thing, that we're going to be covering the third wave tomorrow a little bit, I understand. Yes. And Stargates. Um, what it, what happened was that um, the Kansas City prophets prophesied back in the 80s that this huge revival was going to start. And these people were third waves, uh, which uh, simply in in common terms means that they were um, 
how you say, they were um, Jesus-only people. Uh, another name for them are manifested sons of God people, which are Jesus only. Um, another name for them were disciples that came from uh, William Branham of the 50s. And so I don't want to go too deeply in it because we're going to talk about it tomorrow. But uh, what happened is two guys came uh showed up at the Kansas City Prophets and became their chief prophets. One was a guy named Paul Kane, who turned out to be an alcoholic, and he also turned out to be a homosexual. Wow. So he was rebuked by Rick Joyner and restored like he supposedly restored Todd Bentley. And the way they restored Todd Bentley, of course, is they let him divorce his uh, crippled uh, uh, sick wife and leave his family and remarried the woman that he was having an affair with. That's what these people call restoration. But anyway, the other prophet uh, that supposedly was in William Branham's ministry was a uh, guy by the name of Bob Jones. And Bob Jones turned out to be a pervert also, and he shows up out there from the uh, insane asylum. He's actually in the insane asylum. Wow. And his testimony was that one day demons were appearing to him, and the next day angels appeared to him and showed him how to open up the heavens, the stargate. So that's a short spear, uh, uh, testimony on how all this got started. So they prophesied that this great revival was going to happen, and it started up in um, Canada, and it was known as the Airport Revival. From there, uh, a fellow by the name of Steve Hill picked up that Kundalini spirit up in Canada, took it over to England, and uh, went into a big cathedral over there, and from memory, um, this might not be correctly how you pronounce the name of the cathedral, but I think it was called Brahman or Brahman, something like that. He got that, that false thing working over in England and then flew to America down to Brownsville, which was an Assembly of God church. Yes. And he, uh, Steve Hill... And uh, this uh, Kirk Kilpatrick were both Assembly of God pastors. So they transferred that phony spirit into the Assembly of God meeting. And and this uh, strange fire broke out and a strange revival. And uh, people uh, would go over there and they'd shake for weeks at a time. Uh, you can find up on the Internet... Um, under YouTube, if you type um, counterfeit, um, kundalini, Christian, Hindu, that sort of thing, yes. you'll, you'll see the difference in uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the kundalini spirit, which is different. So anyway, then uh, when that thing uh, burned down, Kurt Patrick uh, I mean, Kilpatrick had to resign as pastor, and he and Steve left Pensacola, 
and uh, Steve went out to Texas and tried to get a revival started. I don't, I don't think anything happened out there. I got busy and haven't looked into it, but a new revival has started up in Alabama by, oh. by Kilpatrick. And this new one is a um, revival where they claim that people are getting hit. Some black lady got uh, healed and came out of the uh, wheelchair, and it's going very strong from what I can see. But what Christians don't understand is you don't go looking for for revivals and signs and wonders. The, uh, Jesus said not to do that. Amen. You look for him. And you follow Jesus, and then these signs and wonders will follow your ministry. But in Thessalonians and also over in Revelation, the Bible says that the devil can do signs and wonders. So just because there's a healing, it doesn't mean that it's of God. And uh, so from Brownsville, the thing moved down to uh, Todd Bentley. Now, when Todd Bentley messed up, uh, he was drunk. He confessed this. He said, I was drunk every time I went up on the platform, every night, pretending that it was the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And he was having an affair with Jessa, who is now his wife, okay. ordained by uh, 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 Rick Joyner, who is a Knights of Malta which is uh, a secret society. Yes. There's so many streams involved in this false movement. But what Christians don't understand is that this is another Jesus, another gospel, by another spirit. And uh, the other gospel is Kundalini. Uh, It's... uh, uh, also, a gospel that revivals run on the wings of angels. And see, revivals run on the name of Jesus. This yes. is why I keep emphasizing using the name of Jesus, because that's where the power is. And that's use right. the word of God, because that's where the power is. Amen. And so uh, what happens is... Uh, from the very root of this thing, we'll go back to 1956, which was a man by the name of William Branham. Now, back in 1956, there was a little group of men, and uh, Oral Roberts, Kenneth Hagan, Jack Cole, a lot of these uh, men that started laying hands on people to heal the sick. Now, the denominational Christians, uh, uh, churches didn't, wouldn't let them in. Like, like churches won't let deliverance ministries in today in America. It, they went through this same thing. And so they had to go out in coliseums or actually little meeting houses because their ministries weren't that big. And when I first saw Kenneth Hagan, he was riding around in his car with his books in the back of his car. Wow. Uh, that was before was, his jet plane days. <laughs> yeah, this was back in the 70s, and actually he was pretty well owned when he first started back in, because he had come through the the uh, group of healers that were trying to get the message out that God heals. So what happened uh, was 
that um, uh, the Branham ministry, when it broke out, he came up with some strange doctrines. And his doctrines was that uh, what came became known as Jesus only, which means that he denied the Trinity. Uh, he denied that there's a God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. He was teaching that Jesus is God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And Jesus is all three of those personalities. And so, uh, in addition to that, he taught that uh, angel would come into his ministry and heal the sick. And he said, if an angel didn't come into his ministry, nobody got healed. Wow. Well, see, that was a false doctrine that started this angel movement that we have today, where they're all naming angels. Yes. Like they call them, um, uh, like Bob. Jones called uh, his last thing that I did anything on was called a financial angel or something. Oh, okay. And, uh, now is just, that to be hmm? uh, is that uh, different from the mo that Todd Bay had? Yeah, all of them have these various angels that do various functions, and these angels come and appear to them, and these angels also minister in their ministries, and. All of these people in the third wave uh, open up the stargates, and um, the stargates are like uh, eddies or whirlwinds. Yes. Uh, where if you if you get into a whirlwind, it'll pull you to the center. That's right. You know? Like you talking about a whirlpool? A whirlpool in the river. A yes. stargate would be up in the sky, uh, but. Um, what happens is, <clears throat> excuse me, this originally came uh, from this guy, Bob Jones, who was in the insane asylum. Okay. And when the angel came, started coming to replace the demons, uh, he doesn't mention anything about deliverance. Uh, the angel showed him how to open up the uh, third heaven is what he called it. And so it became a big movement to open up the third heaven and go into the third heaven. And so they were doing it in all of these false revivals where they would uh, take a person by the hand. They'd say, close your eyes. They'd close their eyes. And then they'd say, I'm already in the third heaven. Are you here yet? And the person would say, no, I'm not. I'm still here. And they'd say, do you want to come? And they'd say, yeah. Well, see, the devil has to get your okay to steal your soul. He ju you just can't. He just can't come and steal a person's soul without them giving him their okay. He has to be invited in, correct? Exactly. I know this for a fact because yes. when, when I uh, was an unbeliever, I got involved in reading occult books. And uh, he came into my bedroom one night and said that he was going to possess me and make me a world-renowned psychic. Wow. And uh, uh, God put a fear on me. And I said, uh, no, I don't want you to come in. And, and in my mind, 
God had me to reason that if I let something in me, it would take me over and possess me. Yes. I didn't know anything about deliverance or Jesus or casting out devils. But God put that thought in my mind and scared me. And I said, no. And so the the demons said, well, uh, we're going to come in after you go to sleep. And I, and, and I couldn't go to sleep that night. Wow. Uh, but uh, I called out to God. This is how I got saved, actually. I called out to God, and I said, God, I don't know you, but I know that what this is is real. Yes. And I'm asking you to save me or, or, or keep me, protect me from this, and I'll serve you for the rest of my life. And then I felt the, the Spirit of God come into the room, and then within a week he had led me back to this, um, uh, prayer interdenominational prayer meeting, and I had just gone there and spoke, uh, trying to get their votes when I was running for office. So um, then I picked up a book at that place and took it home and read it, and it had the salvation plan in it. Yes. And I got down on my knees and gave my heart to Jesus. That's my t- uh, basic testimony. Praise God. When- so I, uh, but I knew from my own testimony that the devil had to get the agreement to steal your soul, you see. Yes. Even if you're not saved, at one point you have to agree with him to do that. And so... Anyway, they have to get the agreement of the Christian to go into the third heaven. And so if the Christian agrees, they astral project them into the third heaven. They tell them, close your eyes, and then the person leaves their body and they go into the third heaven. Well, when I was doing all the research that I did, and I did, I, I've got probably 30 uh, newsletters concerning this kind of stuff up on padholiday.com and miracleinternetchurch.com and yes. remnantradio.org uh, and and uh, about these things and the false revival. And so um, when, I, when you talk about it, however, uh, people, have, you know, the churches, uh, church pastors are some of the dumbest people in the world, particularly in America. I hate to say that, but that's what I've found out. And they don't know much, and any kind of a, any kind of a move comes, they just join the wave, and they have brought the big bulk of the Christian church underneath a false doctrine, and it's a false river. And it's a false wave, and it's uh, the Kundalini spirit. And so, but anyway, uh, when these um, ministers take them into the third heaven, uh, the Lord spoke to me one night as I was waking on um, working on one of the articles, and He said, "Pat, when they come over and they cross over the you know there's like a veil between us and the demonic world yes that protects us from from the devils that god put there well if you break that veil through going in the occult then those demons have access to you um the veil is to protect people from uh, from the devil and they have to willingly break through that veil and so uh, what they're doing is 
whenever they open up a stargate, they uh, are are the man or the woman is breaking through the veil that is between them and the devil. And so then when they take a Christian through that veil, what happens is they go up in through this uh, whirlwind, they call it, and they look like whirlwind. I've seen them, and there's one man in my church that saw one try to form in our church one time, and I took authority over it, and it just disappeared. But uh, the whirlwind, they go through that whirlwind into what these false preachers are telling them is the third heaven. But actually, on the third heaven is where the demons are. And they meet people over there that have died, they say. Uh, they meet uh, people that propose as saints, which are nothing but fallen uh, uh, devils that are impersonating these people. But what the Lord told me, he said, whenever a Christian goes up into that third heaven, the, the demons uh, capture their spirit and keep them on the other side. And then when they, um, uh, what comes back through to the body of the person is a fallen angel. And I've actually seen people like that. Uh, I've also ministered to people that have had this kundalini spirit that went over to um, Todd Bentley's place and uh, got uh, demon-possessed from the kundalini spirit. But for deliverance ministers, uh, you have to check your uh, person that claims that they have been in the third wave. If they've been over to that other side, into the third heavens, uh, the chances are you're never going to get them free. You can work with the demons. They can scream. They can squirm. They can do all kinds of things. But that person's spirit is gone. And if you saw them in person, you could look at them and tell that that spirit is no longer there. They look like a dead person. Their flesh almost looks like a wax uh, museum person. Uh, their eyes are jet black, like a jet black pool. Wow. They have no life in their voice. Their voice sounds like a computer. And I've actually seen people walking around like this down in this area. And so, you know, uh, Shannon, this stuff sounds like fairy tales. And uh, actually, uh, sometimes when I was writing this stuff and discerning this stuff, I would tell the Lord, I'd say, nobody's going to believe this. However, God never does something that he doesn't have other witnesses. So throughout the uh, Internet, there have been many, many other witnesses, <laughs> excuse me, witnesses that at the same time he was dealing and showing me things, he was showing them things. And so, it, you know, you can find things on stargates and wormholes and digging uh, wells in the earth to bring forth angels out of the earth, which are nothing but uh, devils from the pit of hell. And so what you have is you've got a false movement. 
and the people cannot understand the third wave if they if they don't understand it, it's a movement it, to be avoided, just like we avoid going to uh, Mormon churches and Jehovah Witness and Satanist meetings. This movement has to be avoided by true Christians. Are you going to get demon possessed? Amen to that. You know, Doctor Pat, it says in Ecclesiastes ten eight. He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it, and whoso breaketh the hedge, a serpent shall bite him. And so, you know, there's this natural hedge of protection around God's people, just as God, you know, put it around Job over in Job 1 and 10. But if there's a hole punched in that hedge, it's an open door of the enemy, and we get bitten by those these serpents, the evil spirits. And they're serpents. And and see, when, when you start really thinking about all that, I mean, tapes, Stuff like this, people have to listen to several times, and they have to prayerfully listen, and they have to say, God, show me through your word about what this woman's talking about, because it's 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 extreme. Let's really face this. I mean, I was so shocked when God started showing me these things, uh, but being a deliverance minister in the deliverance ministry for 35 years... You see, I can look at a person and discern spirits, whereas uh, other people can't because they don't have the gift of discerning of spirits. And so um, the Lord uh, was uh, working with me through the Word of God, through the discerning of spirits, and then he would give me the writing talent enough to know how to put it into words. Because, uh, to be honest Amen. with you, you know, Shannon, I don't consider myself to be the most smart, the smartest person in the world. Uh, I uh, uh, I get along because of Jesus and what he does through me. But um, I believe that if this message of the stargates and the false move of the third wave the false prophetic move that's gone out that is nothing most of the time but fortune telling what's god saying to you about me today oh he says thus thus you're going to be a millionaire he's going to get you a new car that's nothing but fortune telling the god that i served isn't a fortune teller that's right and then uh the other one is that word of faith uh message and that came Directly, uh, the root of that particular movement came directly from um, from uh, Kenneth Hagin, and and those people get ripping mad when you tell them. But it came from Kenneth Hagin, and it came from uh, Copeland. Those yes. are the two roots. And the reason that Hagin jumped off of the true wagon of God uh, was because of the fact that um, he started, he found a book by E.W. Kenyon, and E.W. Kenyon was uh, a man that the Assembly of God, the Church of God, all of the Pentecostal churches at that time uh, rejected him as a heretic because of the fact that he was mixing occult teachings with the Word of God. And uh, they knew it, and they rejected him and called him a heretic. Well, Kenneth Hagin came along years later, took E.W. Kenyon's book, 
And uh, there's a uh, woman by the name of Billy Brim who wrote all of Kenneth Kagan's books. And she took uh, E.W. Kenyon's book and took it word for word and uh, wrote books for Kenneth Hagen and put his name on it. And uh, there were uh, people back in the 80s that were calling Kenneth Hagen a heretic. And they were also calling him a plagiarizer because of that. And so the truth is that um, Kenneth Hagen was a man that, now this is the shocker to this story on Hagen. Kenneth Hagen came to Lindsay, Gordon Lindsay. Gordon Lindsay had started a place called Christ for the Nation. And Christ for the Nation was going to be the publishing house for the people that were going around the country and God was healing people so that they could uh, alert the world that Jesus Christ could still heal people. And so uh, Kenneth Hagin, as a young man, came to Gordon Lindsay, and he told him, he said, Gordon, he said, uh, I had a dream, and he said, God showed me that he's going to remove a man off of the scene very shortly. Really? Because he's in error. Wow. And guess who it was? It was uh, Branham. Uh Uh-oh. William Branham, the okay. very one that everybody has gotten tied into. Wow. Uh, the third wave is Branham, Manifested Sons of God is Branham. Uh, Kingdom Now people is, uh, they are people that are Branhams. Yes. Uh, this, uh, the prophetic group are Branhams. Uh, there are streams, they call them, of people. But they all connect back into that first heretic. And Branham, by the way, in addition to believing, uh, uh, rejecting the Trinity, uh, he believed that he was Elijah before Jesus came and was going to return. And when he died, uh, the people that were following him dressed him up in a black suit and took his coffin. And I think his coffin stayed out of the ground for 40 days. God, have mercy tried to bring him back to life. So the there's a root to this. Uh, there's a root to the truth. There's a root that God really does heal. Yes. God really is alive, and he can still really do the things today that he used to could do when he walked on the earth. And the root to Jesus is the Word of God, the King James Version. Yes. And is the closest to the Greek. Uh, they took it out of the Greek. Uh, the other Bibles, the modern Bibles, you can look back and find where they've left the deity of Jesus out, the blood of Jesus, salvation, hell, important things that uh, make up the Christian church. So they uh, polluted the church. It started back in the 80s. And they started taking the Bible out of the church and replacing it with the NIV was the first one that I was aware of. And the NIV was written by people that were unholy people. Uh, it was um, it was backslidden denominational churches, 
connected in with the Catholic Church. Yes. And the nun that did the exposition on the Greek, the the Hebrew Old Testament, was a Catholic nun that used to go on Phil Donahue and Mike Wallace talk shows, and she said, "Well, I'm the uh, one that did the uh, that interpreted the Hebrew. I'm a Hebrew scholar." Uh, but I'm also a nun, and I'm a lesbian. Yeah. And she would say, there's nothing in the Bible against homosexuality. So um, then the next one that came out, uh, the Amplified Version, which was a woman that just took a thesaurus and just started adding things into the uh, Bible, yeah. trying to interpret it from her uneducated mind. And Kenneth Hagin and all of those Word of Faith people picked up on that real quick. And uh, then uh, she sold that Bible, um, new, uh, the Amplified, to a group called the Lock- Lockheed. And the Lockheed people, uh, when that guy got old, he got scared and repented. Because in the last chapter of the Bible, it says, if you add or take anything from this book, you will be cursed into hell. Amen. So, But he sold it to Zondervan Press. Well, Zondervan Press was owned by the Illuminati. How you say it? The Illuminati, or we could yeah, call them yeah, the Illuminazis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the ones. And uh, so... Uh, they uh, they uh, bought that uh, back in the 80s and started putting out strange books, and that was one of them, was the Amplified Versions. Well, a lot of your faith people like Joyce Myers uh, and others took the Amplified Version of the Bible, and they printed it and sold it through their ministries. And so then... The NIN, uh, the new, the new um, King James Version came out. Yes. Meantime, there's lots of others coming out. But I was in Washington, D.C. when that came out at a booksellers convention. And uh, the first edition of that, uh, I believe it was Thomas Nelson that put that out from memory now. I'm working on memory, so if I make a mistake about a name or a publisher or something, it's from mem- my Just memory. Just to kind of date it, uh, the NIV, I was looking up, first published in 1978. Yeah, and NI, NI, uh, the uh, New King James, because I was, I was in Washington, D.C., Yes. and they brought cartons of those things over, and, and there were leaders, pastors and leaders from all over the United States at that particular meeting, and they gave them away free. And I got one of those at that meeting, and uh, I remember the cover was brown, and it had sort of like a, a, a fake leather cover on it. But um, Did it have those three interlocking sixes? Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. Dr. Pat, um, that's still on the Bible, the New King James, as far as I'm uh, certain. And you know what? That is a, uh, a symbol that comes out of the Aquarian movement. Yes. The occult, it's three interlocking sixes. Yes. It's an occultic symbol. Yes. And, you know, they've uh, Ripplinger did a comparison. If I recall correctly, there's over 100,000 changes 
alone in between the King James and the New King James. Exactly. 100,000 changes. And see, what they told everybody at that meeting in Washington, they said all we did was take the these and the thous out to make it easier. Well, those pastors and all, they gobbled those books up, but there was a lady there that is uh, one of my heroes uh, by the name of Constance Cumby. Really? And Constance, wow. Constance Cumby wrote a book called The Hidden Dangers of the Rainbow. Okay, yes. And you can still get that on her webpage. She's still alive. You could interview her. Constance Cumby. We've got to do a show with her. Oh, yes, yeah, she is. Uh, she's a hero of mine. I met her at that meeting. And uh, so, but Constance Cumby is a lawyer from Chicago. And back in those days, she was doing a lot of research on the United Nations and uh, what is known as the NGOs. And that's um, uh, corporations and uh, groups of people that would connect into the United Nations, and they called them NGOs. And she had connected it back in those days, which was the 80s, probably 10,000 people, 10,000 corporations or organizations. Wow. And uh, so what she did is she exposed these, and she, she was a Baptist woman, probably still is. Uh, she goes up on Stan Monte's show a, a lot. Uh, but uh, Constance, back in those days, she said, I believe that this is the movement called the New Age Movement that will produce the Antichrist. So I started uh, studying um, the New Age Movement way back in the 80s, and I would take the stuff that they were doing and put it to Scripture and my people knew all about the end times because I had come out of politics and I had sort of a, a small political mind, but the Lord was building my spiritual mind so I could put these things together. Anyway, uh, the point being is that this is a movement that's been going on now for many years. And uh, Christians don't understand that the church, as we know it, is not a building. The church is made up of millions of individual people who Jesus comes into their hearts, and they host Jesus, and they become a sanctuary for the living God. Amen. And so the church all over the world is connected and interconnected, as I would call it, the mystical body of Jesus Christ. Uh, it, that means the supernatural believers make up the church. It's not a building. It's not a group of people. It's not the Catholic Church. It's not the Baptist Church. It's people who have truly sold out for Jesus. That's what the church is. And uh, so... What they did is they, they came in and they polluted uh, each time Jesus uh, would get a group of people that would go into the Word and start following him. The devil would come in and sow the seeds of, of unbelief and uh, religion 
and then that place would become polluted and a new one would start. If we could just see that it's a movement, the third wave is a movement. Now, this what got people so upset with us, or particularly me the other night, Saturday night when I started talking about the third wave, was I mentioned Brownsville. And some of them had been over to Brownsville, and they got upset. And and some of them even left our uh, our chat room that night. Two or three left upset. Yes. But here's the thing: they didn't understand that I they they didn't understand my background. Number one, that I had been researching this for many years, and I do know what I'm talking about. I had also cast demons out of people that had been over to Brownsville and uh, had cast the Kundalini spirit out from people that had been over there. I had looked into their doctrines, and I had covered them. So what the people didn't understand was that Brownsville wasn't a a move of God, because this is what I saw on the chat room. It wasn't a move of God that suddenly soured. It was a a move of uh, Satan from the beginning. When Steve Hill brought that um, movement from England over to America, to that Assembly of God church, it became a, a demonic movement. And now, Shannon, as a deliverance minister, you know, like I know, <laughs> that Church of God, Assembly of God, and all these Pentecostal ministers yes. say, well, Christians can't have a demon, and that's all they ever talk about it. Meantime, when you go in the churches and you look around, you see demons everywhere. And it's because Amen. they're not being cleaned. But the truth is, is anything that's supernatural becomes the Holy Ghost. And there's no testing of the spirits to see if they be of God. That's right. And that's what's so important to know. Because I'm going to tell you this, and then I'm going to let you talk, because I know you know some things about this, too. But um, the, um, the Brownsville thing, though it happened in an assembly of God, all a lot of your Assembly of God pastors from Jacksonville bust people over to see Todd Bentley. A lot of your big churches from Jacksonville and all over the state bust people over there to see him. And these are, are ministers that when I came into the church back in the 70s, I was a very wealthy woman at that time. I'm not anymore. Uh, but... Uh, I wore designer's clothes. Uh, I used to take about three or four hours to put makeup on. (laughs) I had 35 wigs. Uh, I was a woman of the world. I I dressed very, uh, very, um, uh, you know, expensively. And when I came into the body of Christ, most of the people that were in the body of uh, the charismatic movement that I knew, there were a few doctors and a few businessmen things like that, but most of the people were just little po-folk. And when I came in, they had never seen anybody quite like me. And so they came to the woman that was um, mentoring me at the time, and they said, we don't believe that woman's of God. Because, see, I wasn't like them. I was a woman 
that had been invited to the White House. Uh, I uh, Senators and congressmen used to come to my house, and I would help them run for office. Uh, I would go over to the uh, state house and go to inauguration there. And uh, I was I, I was used to sitting at a table with men, and they would treat me as an equal. So when I came into the church, I I didn't understand all this submissive stuff that they were going, and the women were walking two or three steps almost behind their husbands, and they were expecting their husbands to pull them into heaven because they didn't know anything. So I was like a woman from out of space. If if you can uh, today, I wouldn't be accepted in that same manner because the church itself has become so worldly. But I tell you this to tell you that pastors rejected me because of the way I dressed. You know, I wore a lot of makeup. I wore the false eyelashes, the wigs. I wore the diamond rings, uh, the diamond necklaces, the whole nine yards, fur coats. You name it, that was me. And they looked at me, and I wasn't like any other woman that would come into their churches. Uh, Shannon, I tried to join three different uh, churches here in Jacksonville, and they wouldn't have me. Now, see, I was just the opposite from Todd Bentley. Todd Bentley looked like a motorcycle rider. He looked like a Hell's Angels. He had tattoos all over his body. I call it a bodysuit. They accepted him, rejected me. That's my story. And, folks, that is just a little taste. That's an appetizer of tomorrow night's show. Dr. Pat, I just set out to test the program today. Next thing you know, three hours is gone. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I enjoyed this. I, this I did, too. History. <laughs> well, praise God. And uh, tomorrow night, we want you to tune in at 8 p.m. Eastern time for Dr. Pat Holliday and I for the School of Deliverance. And in the second and third hour, we'll be opening up the lines for prayer. And uh wish everybody a great New Year's Eve. Dr. Pat, you want to close in prayer? Uh, can they get this tape on your webpage? Oh, yes. This is going to be up here in about 10 minutes uh, in okay. the MP3. And, and they can uh, find this information out on patholiday.com and miracleinternetchurch.com and omegamanradio.com. Amen. And, and, Father, we just ask that you bless everybody for this new year. We ask that you bring people that have been under this deception and deliver them tomorrow night in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, Dr. Pat. I'll see you tomorrow night. Happy New Year. Thank you. God bless everybody. Folks, that was Dr. Pat Holiday. Check out her website, MiracleInternetChurch.com, PatHoliday.com, and I'll see you tomorrow night here at 8 p.m. Thank you for listening to Omega Man Radio. Our mission is to operate in the threefold ministry of Jesus Christ and take evangelism, deliverance from demons, and miracle healing to the world. If you would like to partner with us, you can support this work by donating any amount online at OmegaManRadio.com. Join us in an all-out attack against the hosts of hell. It's time to deliver a death blow to the enemy and take back territory for Jesus. Tell a friend and support Omega Man Radio. Radio.